Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to start things out here with a special guest tonight. His name is Big Mike, and he's a man we've been talking about on the program for the past couple weeks, uh, off and on as his uh, odyssey that kicked off two, over two weeks ago on a Saturday afternoon has uh, drawn, just drug on and on as he sat in a jail cell for more than two weeks in uh, pretty much maximum lockdown. Uh, Big Mike, are you with us? Yes, I am, guys. How are you doing? Good. Uh, excellent. And let's let's start at the beginning here because we reported on what happened to you uh, the night it happened. We went on the air on uh, on Saturday night and uh, one of the folks that was nearby, uh, Joe out there in, in the Manchester area of New Hampshire, called in to tell us the story. And it was pretty outrageous. We then saw the video online later of what transpired, the alleged assault that you supposedly performed against a police officer. And... From what I saw, you had a group of cops surrounding a peaceful group of liberty activists. Of course, for our listeners that may be new to the program, uh, all of us, I think, on the air right now, the, those of us here in the studio and you you too, Big Mike, are participants in the Free State Project, meaning that we moved here to New Hampshire in order to get active for liberty. You know, we had a lengthy conversation last night about you know the various different types of activism and what's more uh, you know effective than another. But nonetheless, there's a lot of activism going on here, and that's one of the reasons why those conversations are happening because there's simply so many choices and uh, advocates of, uh, of both different of different types of of, uh, of activism. But nonetheless, you guys were originally in the park that day to do a 420 celebration, and you're not even a, a cannabis consumer, are you, Big Mike? No, once in a while you might see it, but it's pretty rare. And I I didn't smoke that day either, so. So it was you Um, and a handful of other guys, right? Yeah, you know, it was a nice Saturday, and uh, my roommate and I were just hanging out at the house. And I said, you know, if it was a little bit warmer, I might try to call a Pork 411 in and just do like an impromptu 420 celebration. No, like, protests or signs or anything like that. Let's just go meet and hang out and smoke a joint and, you know, shoot the shit in the park. Oh, and, we've got uh, <laughs> I hope my board op can drop that because I didn't have my, uh, I didn't have my, oh, pan- I'm, I'm, my I'm, dump I'm, panel up. I'm, oh, God. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I'll, 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 I'll we're gonna have to uh, we're we're gonna have to uh, give you one pass on that, uh, Mike. Because I want to hear the story because you're a guest, but I can't. If you do it one more time, we're gonna have to. Uh, he did hit it. Okay, thank goodness. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry about that, guys. I don't want to get you in trouble. Yep. Um, All right. Okay, yes. So, anyway, so yeah, so the, we are on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Starting we, from um, the top, you were in the park. Uh, 420 celebration. Yeah, we, we just, we just went to hang out, you know, and uh, a, a couple of guys were, were smoking a joint there, and there were some plainclothes officers in the park. Why, I don't really know, but they ended up approaching us after, you know, the consumption of the cannabis was, was finished um, and came up and just started asking questions. Well, you know, normally when we're out there, we're not we ne- we never really try to like cover up what we're doing we're trying to be a little bit open about it and you know we didn't they didn't identify themselves as officers so um <clears throat> Once we realized, like, you know, they started asking for everybody's ID, and, um, you know, we realized at that point, okay, this is going to happen now. And um, I 
you know, I, I got taken off to the side by one of the plainclothes officers, and he asked me if I had any ID, and I said I don't carry ID. And he asked me my name, and it basically just became like a 10 minutes of me repeating the question am I lawfully pr- required to answer that question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they were frustrated, and... Um, <clears throat> Eventually, they told me just to, you know, sit down, and they were going through the line with some of the other people that were there that day, and they, um, you know, I started, uh, you know, letting the other activists know, like, you know, why are you answering his questions, you know, is is he lawfully required to to answer that, and I think that kind of agitated them a little bit. Right, because you were... you were kind of acting as, uh, if you will, the uh, the experienced activist of uh, of the group and the reminding, jailhouse lawyer, reminding people yeah. of how to uh, to approach these situations because it helps to have that happen. I mean, from an activist perspective, if you're new to talking to the police, uh, you fall right. t- you tend to fall in. I mean, I've done it. Uh, you tend to fall into kind of the old old habits. You know, you you've watched Hollywood movies all your life and uh, cops on television, and you've seen your friends being uh, interrogated by the police, and you. You just kind of have this uh, – people, people I think in general – if you know what the right answer ought to be because you've heard it until you're in the situation yeah. and you build you, – there's a certain amount of courage you have to build up. You have right. to get your nerves under control because it's very intimidating. They are trying yeah. to be intimidating to get the answers they want out of you even when they can't legally require you to answer a certain question. They are trying to intimidate you into doing it. So I'm sure it takes practice and, and getting in the right mi- mindset. So what I'm hearing you say well, is yeah. that because- – once, once you have experience, it definitely becomes a lot easier. And yes. This was not my first, you know, running with law enforcement before, so you know, I, I I had a pretty good understanding of what it was that I was doing. But yeah, go ahead. So you were basically saying that uh, because you were being non-cooperative in that you weren't really answering their questions, and you were encouraging other people to also do that, they targeted you. Well, I I I, I assume so. I mean, I don't have any facts that I can really back that up with. You know, it's eventually it got to the point where, you know, I, I think they realized that I wasn't lawfully required to provide the information. And, they, you know, I had been asking, you know, am I being detained? Am I free to go? And finally they told mm. me that I was free to go. Well, the way Right. Now, point of information, this was this was after uh, they'd already arrested Brian Manning for possession of uh, of cannabis. Correct. They did. Okay. Brian was already in handcuffs, and I believe he was waiting for the uh, the police van to come and pick him up and take him to the, the Manchester police station. Got it. So they then told you that you could go. You were sitting on a bench at the time in this park. Correct. Uh, behind you was a fence. So the only real legitimate way beyond jumping a fence to get out of there uh, was to go through the line of police that was surrounding the bench. And there w- it seemed like there, were an, there was an open space, uh, slightly you – know, not a huge open space between two of the officers, and that's the one that you went for. And in the video, people can see this over at freekeen.com. Uh, in the video, you clearly turn to the side to avoid as much as possible. I want to hear him say what, well, he, what happened. Well, there's one point of information I really want to get clear because Mark and I have been debating this. We can't tell what happens in the video as you're turning to the side. What exactly transpires? Because it's blurry in the video. Okay, well, you know, I could have went in between any of the officers, and I could have taken, like, a long route around to get to where I wanted to stand. I wanted my, you know, the guy that was recording the incident, my roommate Joe, I, there, was, there was something that I wanted to ask him, and I knew I wanted to be over by him, and I was going to call back Pork 411 and give another status update. So that's the, that's the reason why I walked by those officers. Now, the two plainclothes officers were standing about three to four feet apart, and in between them there was like a pile of kind of icy snow, 
And I didn't, I knew I didn't want to like step in the snow and take a chance and slipping and falling on, you know. So I, I did have to maneuver and get myself a little bit closer to that officer, but there was still definitely enough room where I could have got by him without, without touching him. And as I got close to him, he actually said, you know, don't touch me. And, you know, I, I did turn sideways to make sure that I didn't. And now this I don't know because, I, you know, I, I try to play the incident over and over in my head. Did the guy actually, like, you know, kind of put his arm out a little further for me to initiate contact with him? And some of the people that were there that, you know, actually watched what happened as it happened said they think that he did. I and think I that's what think that I saw. Too. The video, the video is a little inconclusive on that. I, yeah. you know, I've watched it a couple of times today. Um but regardless, you know, I, I had no intention of making any contact with, with that guy. Right, but that, that's the impression <laughs> I got from your, you know, just your facial expressions is you look sincerely shocked Confused. and like do not understand yeah. what's going on, you know, at the time. Yeah, you certainly don't seem to be angry or uh, trying to get no. the cop back or something like that. And I think it's it's very revealing because I don't recall hearing that in the uh, the video. But then again, it's been a while since I played it, the don't touch me portion. it, it, it That right. to me, when, when you just revealed that tells me even more so that this is a t- this is a cop trick that uh, that they were playing on you that that this cop has uh, these cops have done this before where they're looking right. for a reason to arrest somebody they uh, they shake them down they intimidate them they haven't found anything yet so they have this old standby of well you can go and then they make it hard for the gu- uh, for the guy to leave by making it difficult for him to find a path out when he brushes up against one of them whether on accident or whether because they stuck their arm out uh, then all of a sudden they have a uh, reason to arrest you. Uh, Big Mike, you can stick with us for up to the whole hour if we need you, right? Yeah, that's fine. All right, that's great. Fine. We're going to put you on hold here. If you've got a question for Big Mike, he's with us at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up absolutely anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Our uh, website, by the way, features archives that go all the way back to the beginning of January of 2009, and it's completely free for you. Head over to uh, freetalklive.com, and you can grab up the podcast there and download as many as you please. freetalklive.com. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime is getting together with thousands of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. In fact, the numbers are about to reach 10,000. I would say it's looking to me like there's a good chance we could hit 10,000 participants in time for the Liberty Forum two months away. Seems like it to me. Uh, well, actually, under two months away because the Liberty Forum is happening March 18th through the 21st in Nashua, New Hampshire, where hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people will be getting together, hanging out, enjoying their uh, each other's company, socializing, partying after hours, and, of course, doing convention-style things during the day, like having speakers and panel discussions and that kind of thing. So head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get registered. I think you can still grab the early bird discount. You can also use the Free Talk Live discount code 
FTL and get 10% off. That's FTL to get 10% off. But you'll meet great activists uh, like people like Big Mike. Big Mike, are you planning on going to the Liberty Forum this year? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to actually stay like in a hotel there, but because sure. I'm in Manchester, it's close by. But yeah, yeah I'll, I'll definitely be there. So yeah, we, I, we were really thinking like if, if we were thinking if you weren't going to be there, that uh, we'd have to bring a protest out to the jail, like with a couple hundred people from the the Liberty Forum. So I guess it's lucky for the the bureaucrats they decided to let you out this soon. That, that's so awesome just to hear you guys say that. I, I, you know, I spent the day today like watching video of of like the jail protests and and catching up on the forum threads and stuff like that. And you know, I, I'm so happy to be part of this and and to realize like somebody that you know I've met a lot of these people now and a lot of them I consider friends the people that were out there. But just the amount of support that I got was just overwhelming. I. I I can't tell you like the amount of times last night and today that I've I've really gotten choked up, you know, just having conversations with people about what happened and 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 they're supporting me. And let's, not let's... just from the people that are here that I know, but people from around the country that don't know me from Adam, you know, that heard about it on your story and or, or, or you know heard about my story on your guys' show, right? That, you know, wrote me letters using mail to jail, so. Well, I, and that was something I wanted to talk about when we get to the jail park, because we're not quite there yet, uh, but uh, was, yeah. did you actually get letters from people? Because we heard a whole bunch of them were returned to sender. Yeah, the, uh, maybe toward the end of the first week in there, I got uh, the first letter was from uh, Karen in Georgia, and it was a card. And, you know, at that point, I had no contact with the outside at all. I, I had no idea what was going on. And, you know, once I read that, you know, he said, your video is all over the Internet and there's a storm of activism brewing over your story and people are mad, I thought, okay, good. You know, I mean, it, it, at least I, I know that something is, is, is happening out there and, and, and people are concerned with what's going on with me, even though I, I can't, you know, get any word to the outside. Right. Um, and we'll get into the reasons yeah, I do. I definitely want to get sure into that. Let's pick up, though, where we left off, and that is that uh, you were out at a 420 celebration with a handful of other guys. Uh, they, The cops came, shook you all down, told you you could leave, and you tried to to exit between two cops. You thought you had enough room to get uh, get through there. You turned yourself to the side to lower your profile. And apparently the best thing to, to do, you know, in hindsight, hindsight always being 2020, would have been when the cops said, don't touch me, to stand there and say, well, excuse me, can you move out of the way then? Because he knew right. that you were going to try to get out, because who, who wouldn't want to leave when a cop says, okay, you can go? And so he just stood there waiting for you to try to pass through, then grabbed your arm as you passed through and put you under arrest on assault charges. Now, what I found interesting was, at least as my understanding, it's a, just a simple assault charge. They didn't charge you with assault on a police officer or did they no it was just a simple assault charge and basically you know when i read through the statute what that means is that the definition is i i I purposely or knowingly made unprivileged contact with another person that's why i think he told you in advance don't touch me because otherwise he he knew exactly Mm -hmm. what he was going to do you know when he did it and immediately after like they spun me around and put the handcuffs on he also told the other plainclothes officer that was there that you're a witness you know, and that was mm. like the, the it came out of his mouth immediately. Like, I just I kept thinking, like, man, now didn't they know? This, you know, didn't they know they were being videoed? This, that's, that, uh, it blows my mind yeah, that I they mean, would I try mean, yeah. that with a video camera on them at the time because it looks so ridiculous. Yeah. 
Well, li- listen, what you guys haven't seen yet is the video that I took from my phone right when the interaction or when the confrontation first started. And the other plainclothes officer that was there kept trying to put his hand on my phone to get me to push my phone down. And I, re- I said probably two or three times at least that, I'm, that I can remember, you know, stop touching my phone. You're assaulting me. Stop yeah. touching my phone. Hey, where are all the assault? You know, right. Why didn't they arrest him on assault charges? Yeah, well, you know, they get special privileges because they get a silly uniform. So, what, so maybe they were the, trying to turn that around on you at the end there, like, aha, you touched me now, and you were. I don't so know. they did not delete yeah. that video. Then that will be hitting YouTube at some point. Well, no, it, it, they actually it, it, they deleted that video <sighs> from my phone, and I also believe that they went through my text messages on my phone because, you know, I was the last thing I did on my phone was make a phone call to Pork Four One One, and then I was immediately arrested. Well, I had my phone in my hands the whole time. They took my phone out of my hands and put it in my front coat pocket. Um, but there's no way that, like, I went through the text messaging. Now, somebody said if you look at one of the videos closely or one of the pictures, it actually looks like they might have been trying to go through my phone. Sure. I don't know if they deleted it right then. And I have no proof that they deleted it. I just know I took video. Okay, point, point of information, and this is something that, that is always worthy bringing up to people because people don't know it. Well, um, quick.com. No, no. Well, I mean, Quick is great. Quick.com, QIK.com is great. It's a great little application for smartphones that allows people to stream out video live to the internet that way, even if they delete it later on. Haha, <laughs> it's already out. Uh, but, but if the, if you are just you don't have Quick and you've recorded a video onto a flash-based device, and if it's a phone, it likely is flash-based or hard drive-based. Uh, if it's tape-based. There's not much you can do. But if it's flash or hard drive-based, memory-based, hard drive-based, you can go in there with an undelete program. And if you have not recorded anything else to the phone since the incident, and it's it's pretty unlikely that you have because you've been in jail the whole time. Uh, so have you recorded anything in the last day or so since you got out? No, I haven't. And I'm aware of software that does that, um, you know, error that has Pork 411 service. Mm-hmm. Um, I had read somewhere before that he was, you know, he has the capability of doing that. I just haven't had a chance to get a hold of him yet today. But no, I haven't recorded anything else on my phone intentionally. At, so right. I can try to be able to recover that video. Great. And I, I will post it up afterwards. So Fantastic. You guys will be able to get to see it. There's, there's still a small chance it'll be corrupted and, and gone, uh, but there's ver- it's very likely that you'll be able to recover the entire thing. And the software is available. You don't have to be a computer expert to do this. Uh, the software right. is available. You can just go and search for, you know, free undelete software, and it's likely that you'll come up with with something. Uh, but so I just want to point that out. You obviously were aware of it, but I want to make sure our listeners know it in case they get into something involving the police and they think that they've uh, that the police have deleted the video and they're screwed. Well, the police don't have the ability to go in and and really delete things. I mean, there's a there's a process to actually really deleting something, and they they don't know enough to uh, to go through that. So it's worth a try. So you well, were I'll arrested. Tell you something else. Yes. Too. Well, hold, hold on, if you don't mind, real quick. I about a week prior to this all happening, I had read somewhere that there was a Supreme Court case. Maybe it was a state Supreme Court case and not a U.S. Supreme Court case where they actually said that it's unlawful for the police to go through somebody's EDA smartphone. Right, but how are you going to prove it, right? And, and, and contacts. Yeah, Hang so, on, Mike. We're going to bring well, you back I, here in a moment. More with Big Mike. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and those features include the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. You can edit virtually anything you see there. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Reese davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The film includes hours of sword play, instructional videos, as well as behind-the-scenes videos and exclusive um, and an exclusive video. Pick up your copy today and discover our heritage with the sword and the historical rights of free men. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real replica um, swords and lightsabers. It's swordmovie.com. It's a movie, uh, you know, a big movie made by one of our listeners. Wow, very cool. Yeah, All right. 800-259-9231. All right, we continue with uh, Big Mike. If you've got a question for him, it'd be a good time to give a call in and uh, we'll see what, uh, what he has to say to what you have to ask. But we're talking about an incident that occurred over two weeks ago at this point in a park in Manchester, New Hampshire, where you gathered with some other liberty-minded folks to uh, engage in a 420 celebration. Uh, and not all of you were. You weren't, in fact. Uh, but some folks were smoking cannabis. Some undercover cops came up, shook you down, and then gave you the opportunity to leave. But uh, because you brushed up against one of the cops, it looked like on accident, as you were leaving, they grabbed you and arrested you. And it seemed as though they were setting you up. And I guess that's where the rest of the story continues. So go ahead and pick up from that point. All right. Well, yeah, it, it definitely was an accident. I had no intention of, you know, making contact with that guy. And, you know, I, one of the things when I, I got to court and they had moved me um, to a different room, apparently there were a bunch of activists that showed up for my arraignment on Tuesday. Um, you know, I, I, I started having, like, doubts to myself. Like, is that video going to show that, you know, maybe subconsciously, like, I did initiate the contact and am I going to get out of here and, like, have all the free staters mad at me and, like, I, you know, I just caused a rift. And once I got that letter from Karen, I realized, okay, you know, that was the first contact that I had with anybody from the outside. Uh, I realized, okay, uh, I'm, I'm in the clear here and, 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 you know, people are aware of what's going on. Now, as far as my not being able to contact anybody, my, my initial... All right, let me let me go back a little bit. My initial strategy, you know, I, I always thought if I get arrested for doing civil disobedience where I'm trying to challenge the law, I'll be a little bit cooperative. You know, I won't make them drag me off. Um, I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with not processing, but I've, you know, I had a really hard time dealing with Sam's incident because I was still in Michigan. I, you know, I, I knew I was months away from making the move. There was no way that I could get here, even though I really wanted to be here to try to just do something. And I, I always thought, you know, if I get arrested for something, well, I'm going to not process. 
you know, just like he did, and hopefully be able to to take some type of legal action a little bit further than what he was able to. You know, I don't think that his situation was ever really resolved satisfactory. Um, so I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go in front of the judge, and I realize there's a chance that he might give me, like, some contempt charge for refusing to process, and maybe I can take some type of, you know, make a, a legal challenge on that. Or, uh, you know, if they try to charge me with failure to process, like I knew how the statute read, and I knew, according to them and their rules, that I was only lawful and required to provide my fingerprints and, my, uh, and submit to the mugshot mm-hmm. and not give up my name or anything like that. When I got to court, um, you know, the it was it was just the arraignment. It was real quick. I I definitely could tell by everybody's body language that you know that worked for the court that something was going on and nobody was telling me anything. Nobody would make eye contact with me. They were trying to you know that judge didn't want to hear any of my questions. He was just trying to get the arraignment done and over with and get me back down in the jail cell and transported back to the Valley Street Jail. Right, because the longer um, you were out, you might have seen there's a likelier likely chance you might have spotted one of the activists that had been I guess waiting around all day long. Uh, they spent almost an entire day uh, just being bossed around and, uh, and told to wait here and wait there and that uh, you'd be coming out soon. And essentially the court was the, the court people were lying to them uh, just to, to mislead them so they could secret you away and bring you in front of a secret uh, chamber, which they claim was public, but they never bothered to tell anybody that it was going on. Well, people kept on asking and asking and right. asking. They right. Actually, yeah, they were they were actually in the wrong place and missed it all very purposefully. That, so, I mean, it was, it was right. caused purposefully. And I was just one floor, you know, directly above where everybody else was at, but I had no idea that anybody was there. There was yep. no way I would have been able to see them. You know, they and that was their the intention. Back. That was what they wanted right. to do. They wanted to make you feel like, see, Mike, these guys left you. They're not your friends. Yeah. You know, they wanted to make it seem like you'd been abandoned by your uh, your activist friends, and it it just was not the case. And and that's something well, that, that activists should make a note of. That that is their tactic. And keep it in mind if you're if you're I mean if something like this happens again and no one shows up, you know, you can almost guarantee that they are trying to get to your trial and not being allowed well, to. Well, you know the. This whole thing was kind of a learning experience because we haven't really had to deal with this type of activism here in Manchester yet, not, not to a big extent like what you guys are used to in Keene. And we all came to the conclusion last night that if somebody else gets arrested, you know, you need to have a couple activists sitting in every courtroom in case they try it again. And as soon as, you know, the, the, the activist gets brought in front of the judge, they can text everybody else and let them know which floor they're on so everybody can come in at that point. Um, well, it's really anyway, sad that we have to the, resort the, to stuff like that, but it's a very good idea. Yeah, it does suck that we have to resort to stuff like that, deal. I, I, I wish that we didn't have to, but, I mean, you know, we're, we're learning this as we go. It, it's new for them, and it's new for us, too. So, you know, um, it, and, and we're learning from our mistakes, which I think is good. Mike, uh, I'd like to step down here for a second uh, for the listeners, and I'd like to step down for a second. I'd re- like to remind them this, this, this is the United States of America, and you're supposed to have a free public and open court it doesn't matter if you think that that person is a flaming jackass it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with what that person's doing uh you know if you're a real american then you believe that our judicial system should be open for people um you know to have their friends come and watch their trial and oh, it was open trial. mark they just didn't tell them where right. it was but but this effectively <laughs> i mean <laughs> even when they asked yeah yeah, if if I lied. have to stumble across, um, if I get misinformed and lied to and run around and yeah. then I have to stumble across my friend's trial, that's not a free and open court. Well, and if you I don't also, like it. once again, I got to wonder, what are these bureaucrats trying to hide? What mm. are they doing? Why are they hiding like cockroaches in the cupboard? 
seems pretty obvious. But so, so Big Mike, I mean, what what else do you want to share here? I mean, you were taken off to jail. You decided to go limp, and that was against what you'd originally de- uh, decided to do. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I figured if it's going to be this trivial and petty of a charge, mm. um, you know, and I had told people beforehand, if something like that ever happens, you're, I'm not going to cooperate and I am going to make you work for it. I had every intention of having them drag me to the police station and then drag me into the van and drag me from the van into the jail and from the jail into court and drag me into the courtroom in front of the judge and drag me out of there and really make that big of a deal out of it. And that's person. an interesting if, if discrepancy. It's an interesting discrepancy that you're pointing out. I mean, what you're saying is if you had gone to smoke pot in the park for the purposes of civil disobedience, expecting that being arrested was a possibility, you would have gone along with them. You would have walked out because that was what you'd came there in te- you'd come there intending bit, to do. A little bit more. A little bit more, yeah. I would have cooperated a little bit more. Right, but because uh, they gave you this nonsense charge of assault that they just basically trumped up on you, that's why you decided to be uh, more non-cooperative. Correct. So, all right, I'm I'm in with the judge and the the prosecutor is making a bail recommendation. He says, you know, we have no idea who this individual really is. Um, we're going to recommend to the court that we um, that in order for him to go out on bail, he would have to post five thousand dollars cash, not a, not a surety bond. I couldn't use a bail bond or anything like that. Mm. It would have had to have been five grand cash. But I would have been able to bail out as John Doe, which, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I'm sure that probably happens from time to time. But if I could have raised the $5,000 cash, I could have gone through my whole trial as John Doe. And, I, you know, I, I think there's a little something to be said about that. Um, and, and I'll tell you why in a moment. But what okay. I didn't know is after I left the, the judge's chamber and they took me back downstairs awaiting to transport me back to the jail, the judge had said, uh, I'm going to hold off on making a ruling on the bail recommendation uh, through recess because there's some things that I want to look into. They gave me a... Is that a commercial break coming it, up? It, it is. Uh, so we'll find out what the rest of it is here in a moment. Hang on. More with uh, Big Mike, 800-259-9231. The part of the story that nobody knows at this point. And uh, I think maybe we got a world, uh, worldwide radio exclusive on this particular interview. Although we weren't the first to interview him. Taryn over at uh, LCL Report, I think, grabbed him uh, earlier today. Damn that, Taryn. That's not on the radio waves. More coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation. It's crumbling National Health Service. It's disintegrating government schools and the political parasites, leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free, but right now calls for Big Mike will be taking precedence. We've got him on the line with us. He is one of the many, the hundreds of liberty-minded activists that has made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And he made a a bit of a splash when he arrived here. Uh, He actually went into the the police department in Manchester and held a piece of marijuana in his hand and, and literally came up to the window, the dispatch window there in the police department, and showed it to them and said that he wanted to have one of the officers come out and talk to him. And (laughs) he made it clear that he was holding marijuana, and they did not do anything about this. 
uh, which was very interesting. So they he, wouldn't even have a conversation with him. Yeah. Really, he's trying. To, can I talk to someone? I've got some right. marijuana right here. He wanted to meet with the police chief uh, and was willing to make an appointment to do so. And that that to my to my understanding that never transpired. So you came into town, you made a pretty big splash, and you really kind of uh, big Mike. You put the you put the Manchester movement on the map as far as civil disobedience is concerned. And I I, I really think that's great because we need more. In my opinion, there needs to be more civil disobedience out there. The politics up here is uh, is doing as well as it can be, I think, and and will continue doing uh, doing better as more people come up and get involved. But I've always said that I think well, one person can make a much bigger splash in uh, the world of non-cooperation and, and civil disobedience, and that's what you uh, that's what you've done so far. And in fact, I think he that's exactly what you talked about. You know, when you were um, on the forums discussing your plans to move up here, you said. Uh, you know, you're gonna, you're going, you like what was happening in Keene, and you wanted to see if you could stimulate some similar stuff in Manchester. Big Mike, you That's there? Correct. And, yeah, man. You know, Manchester's a much bigger city than Keene is, and I knew it would be, you know, a, a much bigger challenge to to get the activism to that level, like what you guys were, you know, working on in Keene. And I was up for the challenge, definitely. You know, I, 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 I mean, it sucks that I just got out of jail, but you guys got to understand that I'm kind of having fun doing this too. You know what I mean? So, well, if you don't, if you're not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it. And I think that's great. Right, and, right. and and that, that that'll lead us down the line into a conversation about tactics and things like that. But we're still telling you're still telling the story here because it's a long one. Right. Uh, and you yeah, you've been is. in the j- in jail for uh, for over two weeks. They took you in. They took you in front of a judge. Uh, this was on a on a BS trumped up assault charge, uh, which was nothing. You were just brushed by a cop, and it was all caught on video, which you can folks can see over at freekeen.com. Uh, but you were put in, you were taken into a, essentially what was a secret trial. It was open to the public, but they didn't bother telling any of the public uh, that it was going on, and they were asking specifically right. about it. And then, uh, so go ahead and, and pick up the story where you you left it off there. Okay, so I, I, I get some paperwork from the court that says I can bail out as John Doe for $5,000 cash. What I didn't realize, because the judge hadn't made a decision, they, uh, you know, later in the afternoon he had typed up an, an order to be attached to the bail recommendation that said that if I provided my information, then I would just be able to get out on a PR bond. Now, at this point, I, I, I didn't know this, and I didn't find out about it. I had already been back in jail for, like, two days, and one of the corrections officers, like, said, well, you can just get out now. I mean, the judge said that, you know, if you supply your information, you can get out. And I, at first I thought they were lying to me, so I said, you know, let me get a copy of that piece of paper so I can read it, you know, so I can see it in writing. So they never and, gave you the order? No, and I didn't get it until, like, the Saturday night after my arraignment. Mm. All that time. All that time I sat there, wow. I could have been out Wednesday afternoon, okay? And uh, the reason why I didn't get it is, is like a bureaucratic snafu. I'm not even going to take the time to talk about it on the mm-hmm. air. I'm going to blog about it so people can read a little bit. But um, once I read that, like, I I realized I'm not going to have any legal challenge to where I, I can make some type of uh, challenge against, like, the failure to process and see if we can advance that cause a little bit. Um, I feel that... You know, now that there's, I, I have a signed order from a judge here in New Hampshire that, granted, this is not like a published legal opinion from a court case, but it sets a little bit of precedent for somebody else that might want to go through as John Doe, where they can, would be, if they had the money, they could bail themselves out and proceed with trial as John Doe. And the reason I think that's important is, you know, if you're arrested for a victimless crime, whether you're found guilty or not, all of that information goes into some database, and you are, you know, you have an arrest record. Now, maybe you can go through and get it expunged afterwards, and that's a whole process to, to do on its own. But 
in the meantime, while you're waiting for that to happen, you have this criminal record, and that affects you being able to get a job. It affects you to be able to get a home loan. It affects you to be able to get you know money to go to college and stuff like that. And if more people would go now, like you can go through as John Doe. Well, I don't know yet. We, we, there's still a little bit more of a legal hill to climb there. But you know, at least it's looking in that direction where somebody could go through the whole mm. system as a John Doe and then never have to worry about you know what this past is going to bring up. It's, for it's them. an interesting speculation. Yeah, that's an interesting speculation. But at the same time, we also know that these people have their ways of uh, of getting information. So even though Sam, uh, for instance, from ObscuredTruth.com, spent 58 days in jail for the same reason that he didn't give uh, his name up voluntarily, they found out uh, by I think it was his fingerprints, and they they found out what his name was because he was already in the system somewhere else. And they, you know, they even though they knew what his name was, they still wouldn't let him out because they wanted him to give up the information. I think it seems to be to me to be more about obedience. Like if they figured out who you were, they'd go ahead and change the court trial uh, name after the fact, and it wouldn't be, you know, they they would there would be no prohibition on them from uh, from modifying their own paperwork like that. So right. I, I don't know. It'd be worth a try. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see I, I, what would it transpire. I, I think now we can try that, and if you know, if somebody else wanted to. Um, when I found out that I was able to get out as John Doe or provide the information, it's really funny that you guys bring this up about Sam and them actually knowing his name. They came to shake down the cells because somebody had smuggled tobacco into the unit where I was in, so they mm-hmm. were going through everybody's cell. And when they approached my cell, one of the corrections officers said, "Hey, Mr. Tyner, how you doing?" And I immediately came out with, "Oh my God." You caught the tater. You know how how did you guys figure this out? And and he said we're corrections officers. All we do is watch YouTube videos all day. So I knew they you know they, they had seen somebody talking about me or were paying attention to what was happening. So hey, I'm big sure Mike, I want to take a phone call. We've got a guy on the line here who wants to talk to you. His name is James in Michigan. James, you are on with Big Mike. Hey, what's up, Mike? What's up, Ian and everybody? How you guys doing? Hey, dude, you're on with Mike. Don't be James. What's up, man? How are you doing? I, 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 you guys were talking about the um, the spread of information earlier, and I wanted to uh, sort of touch on that um, from a different uh, perspective. Um, when this all started going on, I started uh, hitting the phone lines trying to get any local station around here to start covering it. And um, obviously none of them have, but uh, it was still worth a try. The reason I figured this was worth talking about was because when I called um, WDIV, which is the NBC affiliate here in Detroit, mm-hmm. I got a response that honestly made me so angry. I forgot the name of the guy I was talking to, and I just hung up. And what he said was, there's nothing in New Hampshire worth covering except for the primaries, and this isn't an election year. Yeah. I mean, it is a local uh, television station, and it's very unlikely that they're going to be concerned. And I understand that, and I, I was fully but, prepared to be rejected. But but interesting, and, interesting that you mentioned WDIV because that's the same station. Click on Detroit.com that did the hack piece against Sam that we talked about in uh, to a, to an extent uh, earlier this week. Yeah, oh, I, I haven't been, had an opportunity to watch that yet, but I will. But, so they're yeah, kind of contradicting themselves. So well, go, go well, ahead with your question for Mike. The reason I wanted to bring it up was because, uh, in, not so much advice, but if, if we could just get a conversation started about how to approach a situation like that. Because I was trying to sell the local angle, Mike's, you know, he, this, is, this is where he's from, and his family is here, and I was trying to sell the oh, local angle to it, um, because it's the only way they would be interested in covering yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense then. But... uh 
I mean, it was just a, a slam, slam door. You know, it's yeah. just, I'm not even interested in humoring you, much less listening to you. You know, it's like uh, how. See, I, I think it's important that we have a discussion how to deal with these types of situations. I, I mean, like I said, I, I got so angry, I just hung up the phone and you know called Fox, and again, it was the third time that day. Well, the way you but, want to deal um, with something like that uh, is to cultivate relationships with news media people in your local area over time. And if they want to be jerks to you, then you're not going to be able to cultivate much of a relationship with them. Uh, with them. But but over around here in Keene, I've built a media list that uh, actually I haven't used in a little while, probably should. But I built up a media list by just asking people nicely if they would like to be on the uh, the news release list from from Free Keen. But then again, they probably knew that what Free Keen was and right. were, were somewhat interested in receiving that. Uh, so basically uh, giving the local news reporters the opportunity to opt in to receiving information from us. And they all said yes. Uh, so maybe I just have more luck here because it's a small market. You're in Detroit. And even this guy probably gets calls from crackpots all day long uh, that you know are proposing various different stories that he has no interest in. So you probably were just one of many calls uh, that, well, he, that he, he has to he deal had, with. Well, he had acknowledged that um, they were aware of the YouTube video. And really? he also... Um, See, the thing I, my issue with it is I think it's indicative, indicative of a larger problem that we don't necessarily, we don't necessarily have the, it's accepted when these things happen, you know, it's like. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, Big Mike didn't get any coverage out in Manchester, uh, which is where uh, where it went down, so uh, you're, you're right, and that's one of the reasons why starting our own media is critical. Thanks, James, for the call tonight, appreciate hearing from you, and Big Mike, you're going to stick with us into hour number two, so hang on, more coming up, Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The questions for Big Mike will be given priority right now. For those of you just tuning in, we'll explain who he is. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. That's the place to go. The features there are completely free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours free for you over at freetalklive.com. Dot com. So enjoy that on us. As we continue here, uh, we've been talking with Big Mike throughout the show tonight, and uh, for good reason. The guy has been in jail for over two weeks on trumped-up charges 
Uh, basically, what happened was he was in the park with some other liberty activists because we've got a whole movement of liberty-minded people that have, have come here to uh, New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, which you can learn more about at freestateproject.org. But he's one of uh, many activists. Anyway, about half a dozen of them were in the park uh, having a 420 celebration. Undercover cops came up. They shook him down. Then, after harassing them for a while, they told Big Mike he could leave. He tried to leave, brushed up accidentally against a cop as, uh, as he did because they were essentially blocking his path. And then they arrested him for assault. Not assault on a police officer, for whatever arbitrary reason, but just simple assault charges. They took him away. He was uh, non-cooperative with them, did not give up his name. They brought him into a, a court arraignment, but it was a secret arraignment because they wouldn't tell any of his friends who were in the courthouse that day asking about him where the arraignment was being, where and when the arraignment was being held. They just kept giving them misinformation. And then from there, uh, the the story continues where he was presumably carted off to jail. I don't think we've even really gotten into uh, much detail, uh, Big Mike, as to what happened to you in uh, inside the big house where you were for uh, for over two weeks. So so leaving the court, I mean, what what happened next? Well, you know, they, they, they took me back to the jail and... Um... <clears throat> You know, like I said, I, I didn't have a copy of that other paperwork. I figured, okay, well, now I'm going to sit there until April 5th when they said that my trial was going to be, um, unless I had filed some motions or something like that and had to go back to court for a reason. Unless I was able to post the five grand cash, well, I don't have five grand, and that certainly wasn't something that I wanted to try to get any of the liberty after this to, you know, to, to come up with that much money. Even though they would have been able to get it all back, it's a long time to go without five grand cash. Yeah, know? that, that um, doesn't tend to be what the activists do up here when uh, when they are, no. are going out and uh, and essentially engaging with uh, with civil disobedience. That is basically it's expected that you're going to go to jail, and if you're if you're wanting to bail yourself yeah. out, then it's your kind of your responsibility to do something like. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, I, I, I was prepared to sit there until April 5th. Well, you know, I didn't, uh, besides not, uh, you know, submitting to the booking process, I also didn't go along with the medical thing, which requires uh, inmates to uh, have a, a, a tuberculosis test where mm-hmm. they stick you with some type of chemical under your arm and, you know, it, it leaves a ring a couple days later if you don't have tuberculosis or if you have tuberculosis and it just leaves a little mark if you don't have it. Um, because I wasn't willing to go along with that, you know, I was placed on a 23-hour lockdown in the, the medical uh, unit of the jail uh, on quarantine status. So there was nobody um, else. At, at any point, were you ever win, uh, in a room with any other inmates, any other prisoners? Yeah. Yeah, in the very beginning when I was there, and, you know, after a, a couple of days, I was I started asking the corrections officers, I was like, have you ever seen anybody with tuberculosis before? Do I exhibit any of the symptoms? And no. And then when I started talking with the staff people, I was like, you know, this is getting to be kind of ridiculous. Everybody here knows that I don't have tuberculosis. Did you guys bother to contact any of the inmates that I had contact with when I was first brought in and let them know that there was a, you were in contact with somebody that refused to take the test, and you might have tuberculosis if he has it? And they said, oh. Uh, no, no, you know, we didn't do that. So, I mean, they, they clearly demonstrated that even though they're saying that I'm in there, you know, for the safety of the other people that work and our inmates in the jail, like, it definitely had nothing to do with safety. You know, you, you, you could tell that. It was just them trying to get me to comply, to go along with the program. And, 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 and I wasn't cooperative. So that basically that meant I was stuck in myself for 23 hours a day. Now, At that point, you were by you yourself, there. though. Once they took, once you determined that uh, they determined you were not going to take the TB test, that's when they, uh, they locked you in by yourself. Yourself? Yeah, I, well, I, I was in a unit with other inmates. It was the medical unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was in a two-person cell, but the only person in that cell. So I could see other inmates and talk to them by my door a little bit. 
Um, you know, and they're supposed to let you out for an hour every day. There were a couple of times in there where I went more than two days without being let out of my cell to, mm. to shower or, or whatever. And they first told me that because I was a, a, a risk of spreading the disease that I wasn't allowed to use the telephone because um, I might <laughs> contaminate it or something like that. So, you know, I, I, my phone is it's locked up Windex. in my property. With, well, yeah, it's called I, Windex. Exactly, Learn to you know, use it, guys. <laughs> I, it's so ridiculous. Well, they, wouldn't, they weren't going to let you use your phone. They'd make you use a jail phone because then you have to make collect right. calls, and the jail makes big uh, big money on that. Plus, cell phone signals don't tend to work very well inside jails. I can never get one. Right. Well, yeah. Any, any, you know, my phone was locked up in my property, and it had all my telephone numbers in it. I didn't. Right. I don't have anybody's home number here. Most of the activists that I know don't even have home phones. Yep. So I, even if I was able to make a phone call, who was I going to call? The only number I got is, my, you know, my mom's house phone that, you know, I have memorized since I was a little kid. It's been the same number all that time. But when they would release me from my cell for my one hour, it was at like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And I think they were kind of doing it that way intentionally. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, who, who was I going to be able to call? And I, I realized at this point, okay, now I'm going to be in here for a while. I can't contact anybody. Um, after 10 days of not having any money in my commissary account, I would be able to uh, get postage paid by the jail as, like, an indigent inmate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could send out a letter, you know, to my roommate and send one out to my mom and, and, and file motions and stuff like that for court. Somebody put money in my commissary account, and I didn't know it because I wasn't using, you know, I didn't have access to the machine where you could check it. Yeah. And I thought everybody knew, like, that. not only don't bail me out, but also don't put any money in my account. I don't um, think anybody know, uh, knows that. I think if you if you don't want money in your commissary account, then uh, you probably should let folks know in advance because right, typ- it will. <laughs> right, well, because well, typically, I, I, I thought that I, I thought that I had made that clear. It was just apparently a little bit of, of confusion. Everybody I can tell you, it was probably uh, Brian from uh, the CD Evolution Fund, Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org, uh, which is one of the things that uh, that we've been doing just consistently over time. Is when someone gets uh, thrown in the pokey, uh, we'll come in with you know forty or fifty bucks or whatever and uh, put it in that person's commissary account just to try to make things a little bit more comfortable for them uh, while they're in there. So I would say that any activist that's doing civil disobedience in uh, New Hampshire that doesn't want commissary needs to make it really clear to like everybody so the word can right. uh, can can get around. But nonetheless, well, my, uh, room, my, my, my roommate put fifty dollars in right away, and I, I think all told there was a total of like a hundred and seven dollars in there that people had donated to the commissary fund. But I didn't know that, you know, and there was no way I could access that. Nobody comes and tells you, hey, you know, somebody put money in your account. Mm-hmm. I just thought I had to wait around ten days to be able to to get a letter out. So I right, and they don't tell you anything. How are they being? Tra- how are you- now? Were you being carried around the jail as well? Because you were very non-cooperative uh, and you know went limp when the ar- initial arrest happened. Did you also continue that, or did you decide to be a little more cooperative once you were in jail? No. Well, at the police station, like you know, you guys, I'm going to subpoena the the video from you know when they were actually trying to book me when they took me from the park to the Manchester police station, and you know they didn't beat me up. But they definitely weren't gentle. Mm. And as they were getting ready to transport me to the jail, this one guy pretty much flung me into the garage next to the van. I I came down on my elbows pretty hard, and I realized, like, I I have kind of a shoulder injury or something that's been bothering me the past couple of weeks. And I realized if I made them drag me one more time, I might do permanent damage. And I did not want to give them the satisfaction of that happening, you know. So when I got out of, you know, when we got to the jail, I actually got out and walked and. You know, I, I started having conversations with the COs. I, for everything that everybody went through at the protests at the jail, I have to say right now that from 
from my perspective, the staff at the Valley Street Jail was absolutely very professional and courteous at all times to me. Um, they might not have really agreed with what I was doing or understood the reason why I was doing it, but they were, you know, they, I, I was not really treated unfairly. I got a couple of, like, snide comments here and there. Like one guy said, oh, that's one of those damn free staters, and, mm. you know, he's no patriot or something like that. But I just blew that off. I, I didn't even yeah. really acknowledge it when he said it. Well, that's interesting, um, that, that's interesting that you say that because that particular jail has kind of a bad reputation as compared to the one out this way uh, in the Keene area. So I'm glad to hear a positive story coming out of, about the, uh, the, the jail guards over there. In fact, we were talking last night about some of the experiences folks have had out this way, and it's the attitude of uh, the individual who is is, is being in prison that really affects the entire thing. We pointed out that, uh, that Sam, who was in there for 58 days, had a very different react. They, ha- they reacted completely differently to him than they did to Kurt, and they were both doing similar things. They were both being somewhat non-cooperative, uh, but they did not like Kurt at all, and they loved Sam. So nobody had anything bad right. to say about Sam, but they had all kinds of nasty things to say about Kurt. It just has to do with how you approach the situation. We'll come back with more with Big Mike. It's Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include stuff like our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Critical thinking exercise. Explain the difference between government and organized crime. Be sure to... Include in your comparison the disadvantages that organized crime syndicates might encounter by not having access to a 12-year propaganda system designed to convince children that their activities are somehow not organized crime. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education and socially acceptable forms of organized crime. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. All right, 800-259-9231. We're on with Big Mike in a uh, where he's telling us his story of how he was aggressed against by the government operatives uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire, during a, uh, a 420 celebration. They essentially trumped up some charges, claimed he assaulted uh, assaulted a police officer and put him in a jail cell. Now, actually, uh, we're, we're, we've, we're to the jail portion of this story where they put Mike in a cell on quarantine, locked him down for at least 23 hours every day, sometimes 24 and that's kind of the the part of the story we're talking about. Now, Dale, you actually had a question uh, for Big Mike about some of his descriptions of what was going on there. Go ahead. Well, you were just saying that you thought they behaved very professionally there, but that was right after saying things like they wouldn't let you make a phone call because they don't know how to use Windex on the phone and that yeah. they wouldn't, didn't tell you about that there was money in your commissary and things like that. So. Yeah, when, when I say that they they behave professionally, like, you know, I'm assuming that a lot of the decisions that were made on what my privileges 
could be um, had I cooperated and, and because I wasn't cooperating. I mean, when I say treated professionally, I'm talking about the kids, the CEOs that work there that, you know, were actually responsible for monitoring me and the other inmates, you know, on a day-to-day basis. You know, there, there's three shifts that they work around the clock, and, and they were, I mean, pretty much all of them were kids. Um, you know, one of them, I think the youngest one was 19 years old. They were probably all in their early to mid-20s, um, you know, and, and they didn't, you know, they never really came across to me like they were trying to be there to give me a hard time or anything like that. I think that's what I was trying to come across when I said that they behaved really, you know, professionally. The upper levels of the uh, the, the bureaucracy, you know, when you start getting into the, the supervisors and, and the, the, the sergeants and one captain in particular that I had some dealings with, that was a little bit different. And I, I think the reason why they were, you know, making things difficult for me without overtly trying to, you know, come out and make it seem like they were trying to break me or something was probably because of the, you know, whatever was going on on the outside with the protests and stuff like that. I don't have any proof that, you know, because nobody told me that, but it's very possible that because of what was going on outside, they were making things a little bit more difficult for me on the inside. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's likely uh, going to be the case. So any other stories you want to tell us from when you were on the inside? Did they, uh, did, you know, the, how much mail came through to you? Did they let you read any books? I mean, you were all alone there for two weeks, so there probably wasn't much yeah. to do. No, and when you're locked down, I mean, you can't really do too much. I, I, I finally started getting some mail, which was great. I have, you know, there's nothing but good things to say about the mail-to-jail service, and I, I'm, I'm so appreciative of the support that I got from everybody. When, when you're in jail and you have really nothing to look forward to except for the mail, like – just like three sentences on a piece of paper is so it, – it, it's such a good feeling just to get that from some stranger. You know, hey, man, I'm thinking about you. I support what you're doing. I'm glad you're – you know, you're doing this, whatever. Um, my, my stuff and, got and delayed. Cool. Yeah. I, sent, I actually sent postcards uh, right away, but they bounced back, and it turns out because I, I only got the one – the, the only one I got from you was the one that was handwritten that said, you know, they've been coming back because I had the address, like, mixed around or something like that. But, you know, you said that you had been writing. Barsky says that he has more mail for me that, uh, you know, he'll just give to me the next time he sees me. Oh, so, yeah. I sent but, you at yeah, least three I cards. Probably, I think four. I, I, I think I got a total of maybe uh, 25 to 30 postcards and probably about 40 letters total. I'll give people advice, and this is why my mail bounced back. So something to keep in mind when you're mailing anyone a postcard, don't put the uh, put the to address. If you do, if you put a return address, put it above the the to address because they have an automatic reader that just that reads in like the zip code and routes the mail based on a bottom up approach. And that's what I was doing. I was putting to and from. And it was treating the from address as the to address and sending them all right back to me. I'm surprised they actually have that kind of technology to where they can read people's handwriting. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, actually, me too. Okay, so uh, so you were in there, and did they even let you have any books while you were in? Uh, I wasn't supposed to have access to any books because I might contaminate them as well. If I did, <laughs> like, they had to be thrown away afterwards. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's so ridiculous. When I first got there, there were, like, two books in my cell. I, I, I don't remember what they were. I, I read really fast, so I read both of them within, like, two days. You mm-hmm. know, they were just a couple hundred pages, like, quick murder mystery or something like that. Um, Was it not cold? anything that I would ever... Was What's it cold? Was it, a lot of people say sometimes jail can be very cold. Were, were you in a place yeah, that was it, cold? It, 
it's it's really cold. And when I got moved, uh, you know, to, to the actual medical unit, mine was one of the few cells in that unit that had windows. So there was a draft. And, I, I, you know, <laughs> it, it definitely made it a lot colder. They wouldn't give me a second blanket. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it's... There, there's a lot of things that I'm not even going to talk about on the air tonight. I, I mean, I have a lot of stuff that I can tell that I'm going to blog about so people can read a lot more of my, you know, the, my whole experience when I was there. Um, Where can people but, go to read your blogs, uh, Big Mike? Well, I, I actually, I, I, I have one set up on the free agent site. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fr33agents. Is it .com where the blogs are? I believe it, it is. Yeah, I believe it is .com. Okay. And maybe forward slash blog. And I don't know like what my idea is. I set it up like two days before I actually was arrested to, to begin it. blogging on, and I haven't done it yet. But I'll, I'll give you guys the link and put it on Freaking. But it, you know, this this whole thing came down to I should have been out of there the Wednesday after my arraignment. Had there not been the huge level of bureaucracy. Um, and, and people been able to take direct action. It would have been very simple for, okay, this is what I can do to get out of here. Fine, I'll comply. Here's the motions. I'll have them, uh, you know, a notary stamp the affidavit. You guys fax it over to the judge's clerk, and, I'll, you know, maybe I'll go back to the judge the next day or something like that and come back to the jail and, and, and be out of here. And it was just one thing after another that their policies there, like, really kept me in there, unless they were trying to keep me in there longer. But I, I would imagine toward the end they were probably pretty glad to get rid of me, well, judging by what I heard what was going on outside. So, so yeah, yeah, there was going to be a big, big uh, demonstration this weekend where they'd threatened everyone with arrest if they came uh, back. Yeah. And, of course, you tell the Free Staters that and they're going to come back. So they'd planned to come back uh, this this weekend. Uh, so you, you you got out. There's a trial scheduled. It's likely uh, that they're going to find you guilty because that's well, what they do. If you've been in jail up here, uh, then then essentially they feel obligated to find you guilty. So it's very unlikely you'll be found not well, guilty. They have to. It's all part of, uh, you know, this this their their authority is all an image, and they have to justify their the fact that they've already uh, put you in jail. So they have to. That, you know they ha- they now have to they have to find you guilty because otherwise they made a mistake and it's a very obvious glaring one. I want to get your comments on what you're planning to uh, to do as far as uh, the court situation because uh, it sounded to me earlier like you'd said that you wanted to uh, to take an appeal which I think would be a first for any of the civil disobedience non cooperation activists up here or any activists up here that've been involved in the, with the court system. No one has yet appealed any of the guilty uh, guilty findings. It's free talk live. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available on a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your own mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, priority will be given to people with questions for Big Mike. He is one of the many, many hundreds of liberty-loving people that has made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. You can learn more about that at freestateproject.org. And uh, we're talking about his experience going to, uh, to jail for over two weeks because, well... They allege he assaulted a police officer, though it was caught on video. It seems uh, to me it was quite accidental, and he simply just brushed up against one of them. 
they also he also did not give his name initially. And Big Mike, you're back with us here, and I appreciate you sticking uh, sticking through and, and hanging out with us and, and talking about your story in detail because I know a number of our listeners have been very interested to uh, to find out. I myself have been quite curious. Uh, so th- well, I really appreciate you guys giving it the coverage that it is. You know, I I. I I'll stay on as long as you guys want to have me just to, you know, give anybody no. information that they want to hear. Um, I, don't I, I bl- want to kind of get into... Oh, well, I just had a question just before we continue with, with whatever you were going to do, but just a question about the giving of the name. They held you there incommunicado. Uh, you weren't allowed to make phone calls. They didn't give you their, your mail for a long time. And uh, and it was all based over the fact that you used your right to remain silent and you did not give so-called right to remain silent. You didn't give them your legal name. Then later, uh, a couple of weeks later, you did go ahead and fill out a, a motion or go through the process. You did get processed, and, and you did. I, d- I don't blame anybody for getting out of jail in whatever the situation is. I'm just curious. What was your motivation for deciding, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give them my, uh, my legal name at this point? What, what happened there? Okay, well, a couple of things. First of all, there wasn't any more real legal challenge I could have done as far as you know, getting a definitive answer on what constitutes violating the statute of failure to process. Um, or uh, uh, dealing with a contempt charge for not doing so. Um, so right there I thought, well, okay, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to do anything. I have the option to bail out as John Doe for the five grand. I'm, right now I'm kind of more concerned with my legal defense, and because I was in quarantine status, they wouldn't give me access to the law library, which mm-hmm. I kind of felt was a violation of my right to due process. I only had a limited time to file a motion with the court in order to request a trial by jury, and if I didn't get that motion filed, I would have been denied that right also. Um, and I wanted to make sure that got done. Well, uh, you know, when I finally did do it, and one of the things behind it is, you know, it was never really a big deal for me to, to go through this anonymously or, or keep my right to remain silent. Um, I mean, I understand how it would be an issue for some people. I kind of want them to know who I am Mm -hmm. because I want them when they know that, like, oh, man, that Tyner guy, he's coming here. It's because they're going to make, you know, get a little uncomfortable because they know somebody's going to be holding them accountable. Something else that we were talking about during the break in relation to the whole uh, John Doe thing, you'd mentioned that earlier in the interview that uh, you thought there was some value to somebody paying bail in order to go through a trial as, uh, as John Doe. And one thing to point out about that that I didn't think of at the, at the you know at the point we were talking about it was that if somebody does post bail then that gives the state the money that they're going to extract from if they can, it, when they find you guilty so if it's important to an activist to not give money to the state then they really shouldn't ever pay bail because well once they go to to uh, to trial and the judge finds them guilty if you've put in $5000 into the bail they could just say oh, and the fine's $1000 and then you get $4000 back whereas if you don't pay the bail then they can never extract the uh, the money from you down the down the road Okay, I'm glad that you brought that up because we didn't cover this. In that situation, somebody could have given the bail bondsman the $5,000 plus the bail bondsman's fee. I would have had to pay you know, 10% of the bail to the bail bondsman to come do it, but that bail bondsman would be entitled to get all of the $5,000 back. That's and a good any point. Fines or, any fines or something that they would have levied against me or whoever the defendant was you know, would be charged for the defendant directly. Yeah, um, that makes I also sense. Believe I also believe if any third party, like Ian, if I had given you $5,000 and you showed up and posted the bond in your name, they can't take my mm. fines that they're trying to levy against me and hold it against you. You would have got all $5,000 back, too. As That's well. an so, interesting I, point. 
I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm like 99.9% sure, okay? So, yeah, it's not likely they would take it from the bail bondsman. Yeah, that would be interesting to experiment with on a, on, a, on a slightly lower bail for somebody to yeah. come in. and Like, for instance, uh, Brian, Brian Manning uh, was in there, uh, the other guy that got arrested the, the time when, right. when you were in, but he did get bailed out by the activists on the outside. So I wonder whose name that particular bail uh, is, is actually held in. That might be interesting uh, to look I, I into. I don't know that for sure. I haven't got a chance to talk with Brian yet, but I, I'm sure I will. Over yeah, I'm sure weekend, you guys will. But, we'll sit yeah, down. So what was it you wanted to comment on? Because I've got a, a few more questions here for you. Sure. Um, juice, I, I don't even know where That's I was. That's all right. We'll, just, we'll just keep going. If question. it comes back, if it comes yeah. back, just bring it up. Um, so other question is some people might say, and there was a conversation last night on this program about tactics, and this is a conversation that comes up here in New Hampshire because we've got hundreds of liberty-minded uh, activists all here going about things in slightly different ways and doing what they feel is uh, is right. People like Some people like Dale are completely outside of the system. They're not interested in participating in it at all. Myself, I, I mix, I'm a mixed bag. You know, I, do, I like the outside of the system. I like the civil disobedience. But I also do some some inside the system stuff. Mark, you're more uh, inside the system all the way kind of guy, though you support some of the outside the system activism. So there's a variety of approaches here. But some people would say, Mike, it's just not never it's never worth it. I mean, you you wasted two weeks of your life uh, in this jail cell. And for what? I mean, why would you do that? Okay, here we go. Um, I'm definitely not out of the the woods with this yet. What happened when I left court the other day is it it was very similar to, like, pleading guilty so they can bind the case over to Superior Court. Because it's a Class A misdemeanor in New Hampshire, when you're arrested for a Class A misdemeanor, you are entitled to a right to a trial by jury. Um, I want that because if Mm -hmm. I would have just pled guilty, the prosecutor had recommended that I get a six-month suspended sentence, I could have walked out of there and been all done with it. But that would not exonerate me. Mm-hmm. And that, that still would be on my record. And then if I get arrested for something else, I'm going to have this, you know, uh, an arrest record in New Hampshire that they can hold over my head. And maybe for whatever I get arrested for the next time, the, the penalties would be a little bit stiffer. I Plus, it won't clog up the court system. It won't clog the court system, and it won't well, cost them I'm any extra. In, I am definitely in favor of clogging the court system. I, 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 you know, now I get the opportunity to have a jury trial. Something else that really hasn't been done. That's right. That I know of is not a lot. Not a lot of free staters have had the opportunity to 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 inform the jury of their rights to know. You know Absolutely, to the we've law. been hitting the jury. No, we've been hitting the jurors with jury nullification information uh, every single right. month, at least out here in uh, in in the Keene area, and uh, and that's that's great. But there's never actually been an activist trial that has had a jury because normally what will happen is. They'll arrest somebody for like a marijuana charge, which normally is a class A uh, misdemeanor, which, as you say, does uh, can get you a jury trial. But then they drop the charges to class B, uh, you know, right at the last minute. And basically that essentially nullifies the uh, possibility of getting a jury trial up front. You would then have to file an appeal and then get the jury trial later on down, uh, you know, at the at the appeal level. But no one has ever appealed uh, the sentences. They've just gone to jail and that, you know, been done with it. So that'll be a real first if uh, there actually is a jury selected for an activist trial, especially in a trial like yours, Mike, where the video evidence is so powerful. I mean, I think that would be very interesting. Yeah, that's the thing that, you know, a judge, and I still say because you were in jail, they've already put you in jail, they arrested you, they have to maintain their appearance of legitimacy. Uh, I still, I think a judge will not bat an eye and, and, and be able to find you guilty. I've watched trials that just blew my mind where I felt like the yeah, activists presented a rock solid case for their innocence when in fact all they need to do is, when in fact it's the prosecutor's responsibility to pr- prove beyond a reasonable doubt, in theory, it's all rhetoric. And I've watched judges still find them guilty and my head is just spinning. It, it just, it's just mind blowing. But in a jury, you know, 
good luck. You know, I think that 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 would really be. It's what the makes only the hope. It's I the mean, only hope. Exactly. I, it, it's, to me, I, I I never cease to be amazed at how mind numbed juries are and how mm-hmm. how willingly they just uh, abdicate citizens' rights to the uh, the government as if anybody everybody who's charged with something must have done something because the cops said it and the cops are good people. Um, and I'm not saying the cops aren't good people, but I just think that the I, I don't think juries take their their um, their oath seriously to, to 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 judge and see whether these people committed these crimes. And, um, you know, I but I know judges uh, will, will throw the case every time. So at the least with the jury, there's a chance. Right. Well, it's not so much that it's a chance, but there's another thing, too, that we had been talking about when we do the Fiji outreach here in Manchester is there are a couple of state reps that are looking for, you know, some video evidence of a judge freaking out on either a pro se defendant or a, uh, a defense attorney that brings that up to a jury and tries mm. to hold them in contempt for doing that. And these guys want to try to impeach a judge. Ooh. I'd be willing to sacrifice a little bit of my liberty just to see that happen. You know, I, that I consider it an investment, because not a sacrifice. Hang on, Mike. We'll bring you back. More with Big Mike in moments here. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up whatever's on your mind here. 800-259-9231, though calls for Big Mike will be given priority. We've been talking to him. He's one of the uh, the liberty activists up here in the New Hampshire area. He moved here as part of the Free State Project, and we're going to continue that discussion here in moments. If there was one thing that I'd strongly recommend that you get for your family without hesitation, it'd be the Tiger Light T100 non-lethal, non-lethal personal protection device. Sometimes when you buy something, you really just know you've made a good decision. That's the case with the Tiger Light. You can go to tiger.freetalklive.com. Dot com. That's tiger.freetalklive.com, and uh, check them out. There's a special rate there, and uh, you know I've got one. Ian, you've got yours, and they are awesome. Tiger.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. As we continue here, you can, by the way, join us online at freetalklive.com. We would uh, appreciate your support. You can become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com to help get this show on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, uh, the amp-only chat, uh, the amp-only uh, forum, and more. It's all there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. Big Mike back with us here uh, talking about his uh, his odyssey as he was arrested, thrown in a jail cell on trumped-up charges, finally got out after two weeks of being held in uh, maximum security because he wouldn't take a TB test. And now you're revealing something that I think is a pretty exciting news, and that is that because what you've been charged with, assault, is a Class A misdemeanor, there that means that you can request a jury trial, which you're going to do, and you have the intention, not only will the jurors be hit with fully informed jury information by activists on the outside, informing them that it's their right to, to nullify a verdict if they don't agree with the law itself, regardless of the so-called facts in the case, uh, which I think is useful on its own, but you as the defendant representing yourself, presumably, will actually make uh, – you'll actually bring up jury nullification in the courtroom, and you're willing to face whatever contempt of court charges or extra charges come uh, come at you because of that, because these judges around the country do not want jury nullification brought up in court. Big Mike? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, 
you know, I, I've I've heard that there are a couple of state reps here in New Hampshire that are 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 looking into getting rid of some of the judges that are you know sit on the bench around courts you know across the state, um, and this is one thing that they would be you know they they would use as a reason to try to get rid of a judge if it was ever caught on video and there was like conclusive evidence. Now, even if for some reason that the judge didn't get impeached, because I think the system is really designed more to protect them than it is us. But they definitely the word would spread and the judges would be on notice, and that would make it easier for other, you know, pro se defendants mm-hmm. and, and other defense attorneys to not have to be so worried about facing a contempt charge because a judge might be a little bit hesitant. Well, they didn't get it with, you know, so-and-so judge over at this court, but they might try it with me. And I, and I think that helps a little bit. Um, you know, I know right now in New Hampshire, uh, coming up next year, there, there's going to be a vote on this uh, this bill to mandate the uh, the instruction for uh, you know the court to actually ha- be mandated to instruct the jurors that uh, of their right mm-hmm. to, you know to judge not just the facts of the case but also the law itself and you know I like the fact that that bill is here but I I do have a problem with it that nobody's really brought up yet I think and that is uh, you know the, where I see it very applicable is is in cases where the drug war is involved and people having possession charges or, or for selling drugs mm-hmm. and what's happening a lot around the country is you know just like here in New Hampshire how we're we're not giving people class A misdemeanors anymore we're automatically dropping them down to class B so they don't get the opportunity to have a jury trial and they don't get access to a public defender they've been popping up with these drug courts all over the country that work very similar to traffic courts in traffic courts you used to be able to go through and you could use the rules of civil procedure or the rules of criminal procedure but they come up with these special traffic courts that are like an administrative process mm-hmm. they don't really have any strict rules that they have to go to you don't get access to like you know a pre-trial discovery and, 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 and things of that nature, which you would in like a regular case in court. And I think you're going to see, because it's happening a lot around the country, I think you'll probably see that in New Hampshire, especially if the jury nullification bill passes. So to me, that makes the jury nullification bill a, a, a kind of a bad thing, in my opinion. I mean, I like the fact that they're trying it. And, you know, I, I watched some video testimony of, of Dennis Goddard speaking in favor of it, and I, I thought he did a really good job presenting it. I don't know what the chances are of that bill passing, but, you know, if we, if we switch over to a system where we're just doing drug cases in a special type of administrative proceeding and not a criminal proceeding, then the jury nullification bill is going to have no effect yeah. on those it's, cases. It's uh, something to think so. about, but on the on the other hand, that would be a pretty major change, and that would have to also pass through the, the legislature as well. It's not like they could just restructure things uh, on their own. They'd likely have to get some sort of permission, I would think, uh, from the legislature exactly, to but go I, through I, that. I think I read somewhere that it's already being discussed here, so mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I'm not 100% sure on that. I'd have to check it, but I, I well, I don't think that means up. that they can't be uh, that they can't be clogged as well uh, in that particular right. area. Big Mike, we got some more questions for you here on the phones. Let's go to the calls and the fun. Talk to Sam listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Big Mike. Hi, Big Mike. <clears throat> Hi, Ian. Hey, Marcel. Uh, I just had one question. There is another John Doe in this case, and I wondered if you could help us process him. Do you have the name of the arresting officer? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. If you, if you guys hold on a second, I can grab the court paperwork. I, I think his name is uh, Cap- Capillary or Capaletti. Um, I nope. have the. Uh, uh, now we can get that off the air if, if necessary. But why, you, why do you ask, Sam? What's the point of that? Oh, I just wanted to. Uh, I saw that film about the citizens resisting arrest, uh, resisting assault on police, <laughs> and I wanted to uh, contribute so awesome. to his hospital fund. I. Uh, 
I had some uh, little girls' panties to send in and things like that. <laughs> and I thought that might be a nice thing for us all to uh, to contribute to. Yeah, we'll definitely have Richard, uh, B- I, Big Mike. Just come on over I, to the for- come on over to the Free Keen forum when you get when you get that info and just post it up over there. I'm sure folks will uh, will find that very useful. And in fact, I've heard that you're coming out this way uh, this weekend uh, to to see us out here in the the Keen region. Which is yeah, I think all, I'm going to be singing. I'm not going to be singing, but I'm going to come hang out a little bit. All right, I, cool. you know, I want to personally thank all you guys for being out there to support me and, and coming out to hang out with the Manchies out here for the 420 celebrations while I was in there. That was really cool. Sam, thank Sam, you. Hey, uh, I, I, thanks for hey, the call, I, I, Sam. I, I appreciate the songs, too, Sam. Yeah, people I, I need to, to go. You know pe- people who haven't seen this, you laughed when he mentioned the citizens resisting uh, the assaults of the police or whatever the, the organization <laughs> is called. I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but there, the video is up at freekeen.com. It actually includes the video of them uh, arresting you as you walk through the the police uh, the police line, if you will, and uh, it's just hilarious what they've done. Essentially suggesting that the poor police officer got hurt, and so he needs some band aids. And so they're uh, they're asking people to send children's band aids into the uh, the police department to the police officer in question. Hello Kitty has no mouth because she speaks Hello. from the heart. Yeah. <laughs> Let's continue. Dan is on the line in New Hampshire. Dan, you're on with Big Mike. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Hey Dan, um, go for it. And uh, thank hey, you, uh, uh, Big Mike. I, uh, you know, some of us, you know, can't uh, get to all the stuff and do the things, and are for whatever reason beyond the front lines. And uh, and uh, I I support. And uh, I'll help you out if you need anything. And uh, in the meantime, I'll I'll make myself uh, available to you. So uh, I. The question I had, you may have answered this already, that. but did the uh, did the prosecutor look at the video before the arraignment? Okay, when I went for the the motion hearing the day that you know yesterday when I was released early in the day, there was a, a, a different prosecutor than who was there at the arraignment, and I, I asked him, you know, have you guys even looked at this video? And he, he is like immediately just started stuttering. Or uh, uh, um, uh, I think the police, you know, they're, they're, I, I, they might be looking at it. I think they have it. Uh, uh, I was like, how are you guys even going forward this, with this case? And I know I, I'm pretty sure this is a lie. What he told me was it's the police's uh, discretion on whether or not to, to pursue these charges. Where I thought it was actually the the discretion of the prosecutor. To make the prosecutor that usually works the for the police, over- right? That's the point, is the prosecutor's going to do whatever the police say. So it really is the police's discretion, right. because the prosecutor right. are, um, prosecutors are not, um, they do not act as an autonomous group. They are the, you know, the, essentially the legal wing of the, the, the law enforcement. Hey, Dan, thanks okay, for the call exactly. tonight. I appreciate right. hearing from you. Thanks, 800-259-9231. So there's, uh, there's more to come in this case, and uh, the, the trial is scheduled for April, is that right? Uh, well, no, now I, I don't know because it's been bound. It's, I'm all done with the, the Manchester District Court. Everything happens now in the Superior Court. Mm-hmm. Well, they're doing renovation on the Superior Court building here in Manchester, so it'll actually happen in Nashville. Uh-huh. I would imagine in the next week or so I'll get a letter in the mail with you know what happens next. Okay. So it's kind of in limbo right now. I don't really know, but I will know something at well, some point. Will you keep, keep us in the loop, uh, Big Mike, and you know let us know what, uh, what, what transpires uh, over time? Yeah, definitely, guys. Definitely. Great. Well, we will appreciate. Yeah, we'll appreciate hearing back from you, and we'll let you get out to the rest of your night. I appreciate you staying on here for an extended uh, interview. 
uh, I think what you're doing is is uh, great. It's really appreciated, and and I realize that not all activists can do this, and that's okay. I mean, nobody's ever said that everybody has to go and do the things like uh, what Sam has done or what Big Mike has done. There's a different role here for there's everybody. A, there are a lot of safe things that people can do out here that they are really appreciated. But at the same time, I also really appreciate somebody who's willing to put it all on the line, put all of their freedom on the line in order to, in, in this case, what may actually end up getting jury nullification back into the courtroom. Thank you so much, Big Mike. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Take care, guys. Yep. Hour three is coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. And for the grand prize, why was marijuana made illegal? Uh, because it's a gateway drug. Because there's no medical value. Because it corrupts the youth. Uh, because drugs are bad, okay? Because it kills your brain cells. Uh, because it makes you dumb. Because it makes you lazy. Because uh, it'll make boys grow boobs. Because uh, it threatens industry and Americans are a bunch of sheep. MarijuanaMuscle.com This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. And you can take the Startpage.com seven-day challenge for seven days. Use Startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. I mean, the headlines today at the Drudge Report was that the Google's teaming up with the NSA. Startpage.com would never do that. Uh, you can get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. We actually are going to bring another special guest on the program here tonight. Very unusual episode of Free Talk Live, uh, where we'll actually load up on uh, on guests throughout the show. Normally, it's just open phones all night long. Uh, but it's my understanding we are going to do an extended edition of the show, internet only, afterwards. So there'll be plenty of time for you to get on. Uh, and- we should tell people what that's going to be about. Well, maybe as we get a little closer toward the end of the show. By the way, we did talk to Big Mike uh, for a couple hours, and Dale, you are a cartoonist over at anarchyinyourhead.com. People can go to anarchyinyourhead.com, and the latest cartoon that just came out, I believe, today was about Big Mike. Yeah. So people uh, should go and see that when they get a chance. It's pretty good. Let's go to Kerry Paco Ellison. He is with us again for the third time, and... It's not good news that we're having you on to talk about, uh, Carrie. You're the owner of the Black Hawk Saloon in Charleston, West Virginia, where we are currently on the air on WVTS AM and now on the FM band, actually. So you've probably got more listeners now hearing this interview than uh, than ever in the past because, well, the FM band's got about 80% of the radio audience. So uh, we've been following your case for a couple years now. And as the people in Charleston well know, there's been a smoking ban that has been applicable to, I believe, all bars and restaurants uh, in the county in which you're in, Kanawha County is, I believe, what it's called. Uh, am I right so far on all that? Yeah, you're right on it. The only thing is, you said it was bad news that I was back the third time. I thought it was great to be back well, with you. It's, no, it's great to have you, but it's bad news that you're here to tell us about. Uh, we found out from one of our listeners earlier this week what's been going on. Basically, what happened was they passed the smoking ban a couple years ago. You own the uh, the Blackhawk Saloon there in Charleston, and you decided that this is your 
property. It's your business. Your customers enjoy a good cigarette while they're in uh, enjoying themselves in your establishment. You, as the owner, want to allow them to do that. It should be none of the the health board's business or the government's business. What goes on in a in a private establishment? Well, it's open to the public, but it's your establishment. It's not theirs. And you decided to go ahead and just tell them, well, you can keep smoking here. Isn't that right? That's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And so you yeah, did. Okay. And, and you left the doors open, and you let the customers come in and smoke, and they, they threatened you, and they harassed you, and, and uh, they, you know, they tried to intimidate you into stopping. They even hit you with a fine, which, did you end up paying that? Um, <laughs> well, yes, of course. Okay. Soon. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they've, they've, I've been convicted twice of, mm. of this, um, what they call a crime. And and how the liquor man got in, the liquor commission got into it here, he avoided it, like they avoided it like the plague in the beginning because they said that it wasn't their problem. They had enough of their own to take care of. It was the health department's issue. Well, mm. once I became, I got convicted of of the crime, it now was established as a crime, and there's a... A clause in your liquor license that says that crime, criminal activity cannot go on within the premises. So mm. they came in and there was, it was um, they saw cigarettes and said, uh, "Okay, there's the crime." Um, they pulled my liquor license. Oh man. It's awful. I, I was Tough talking to run a bar without a liquor license. Yeah. I, well, I was talking with a bar, a bar owner around here, and they've got a similar provision. He told me that they were uh, there were some people fighting across the street because the fight actually ended up spilling over into his parking lot. They gave him points on his license, his liquor license, because of that. I mean, it's just crazy uh, the amounts of uh, of regulations that these that people like you have to go through just to serve people alcohol. Well, the um, the the thing. I, I contended all along that that it wasn't um, it really wasn't a law because it was made by by appointed people and it, it was an ordinance and mm-hmm. which all it does is circumvent the law thing. It, it's still a law. You still have to abide by it. If you don't, then they hit you with things. I took it to magistrate court and lost. I appealed that to circuit court. You did and lost and. Both times, my point was that I, I never got a receipt. I never received a fair trial because this was indeed a political hot potato, a definite political issue. And every time I was judged, it was by a politician. The magistrate is a politician. The circuit court judge is a politician. Neither of them would grant me a jury trial, which I thought mm. I was I was due, but they said, "Oh no, no, no! It's not a jailable offense. You are not entitled to a jury trial." Constitution says you get a jury if it's over twenty bucks. That, that's yeah, what I read. Care. I read the same thing, and uh, well, but so you appealed up to have, a circuit court. We have different we have different set of laws, just like yep. the legislature here deemed it uh, illegal to smoke in a public place. In I think it was ninety one or ninety three. And then when the um, – but the legislature, they can still smoke in their chambers and, <laughs> and in the, the state house. Yes. Now, the little workers can't, but, but the lawmakers can. They can smoke in, in their offices and in legislative chambers but, so we, and, and in bingo parlors. That's statewide. 
and then they just handed the ball to the counties and said, all right, it's up to you to come up with your own policy countywide, but don't mess with our bingo parlors and state house. So you said you appealed up to the circuit court level. Did you consider going higher than that? I considered it, but I have a fool for an, uh, an attorney. A fool? You know what they say about... <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Okay. yeah, so so I, I took it about as far as I could take it. Yeah. So you did it on your own. You did it essentially by yourself without the attorney? Correct. Uh, yeah. You know what they say about the, who, uh, he who has an attorney. Uh, an attorney, his, his own attorney has a fool for a client. What did it, what did it cost you? What, what did it cost <laughs> you to take it up to the circuit court? Because I know that in many places they want you to pay in order to have this so-called right to an appeal. Well, yes, I, I had to pay all all circuit court costs, mm. and uh, and then um, then the fine that that was passed on from the, the lower court. So um, so and and all I've had. Uh, the, the two convictions, and and then I have a, I go to court this month. I think it's next week. I have to look at my calendar. I go for for yet another charge. What are these charges? So, what are they actually they, they calling this? Well, every time the the health department sends an inspector in here and sees a cigarette, he writes me a citation. Then and then you're not they, doing anything. It's the customer. Why don't they go write the customer a citation, right? Well, <laughs> they can't that's pay because the customer right. is not uh, committing a crime. Well, plus uh, the customer's I'm bank account. Stu- allowing them to smoke it in here. See, I liked what you brought. I was uh, actually. I, I was actually. That, that is that's bass backwards and, and quite bizarre. It, it is because they're expecting you to be a law is. enforcer. They're expecting you but, to enforce their laws. And that's what I told them. I said, I'm not the smoking police. It's not my job. Yep. And they said, well, yeah, it, it's your license, so it's your job. And and all along, my... Now, wait, wait, that's the health license, right? Not the uh, not the uh, the liquor license? Well, that that's the health permit. And, right. And in the beginning, they said that they would pull the health permit if anyone violated it. Well, I tested that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, Guess what? They, they didn't. were bluffing. Huh. Um, so then the the liquor people weighed into it, and I tested that. And guess what? They weren't bluffing. No. <laughs> they came in. <laughs> they pulled the liquor permit. It happened uh, a couple days ago. They actually came in and, and physically removed it. Is that right? That, that's correct. They actually... And I thought we were just having a friendly little sparring match. I'd slap them. <laughs> they'd slap me. I'd slap them. But, then they pulled out a gun, shot me in the head. <laughs> no, they, they would if they had the opportunity. Carrie, you can yeah. stick with us for a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm right here. All right, hang on. We're going to bring you back here. Uh, more with Carrie Paco Ellison. He is the owner of the Black Hawk Saloon, and in my opinion, one of the most courageous business owners uh, in the country right now because he was willing to stand up against this insane smoking ban that they passed down there and say, hey, this is my property. It's my business. If people want to smoke here and I want to let them smoke here, it's none of your damn business. Leave me alone. They didn't, of course. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, those features include our live streams, so you can go and tune in any old time, 24 hours a day. You can also utilize our listen lines. There's a brand new phone number for that, so if you don't have the, uh, if you still have the old number, make sure you go get the new one over at listen.freetalklive.com. You can also use our webcam, our broadband, or dial-up streams. All there, all free for you. Listen.freetalklive.com. Are you giving candy again this year for Valentine's Day? Get creative, man. It's, that's what shows women that you really care. This year, get Georgia's famous, famous baklava. It's Osborne-approved. Walnut baklava with 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All the ingredients are premium and all-natural. That's why it tastes so good. Shipped in a special container, Priority Mail, so it gets to you fresh and delicious. You can order it at mandrick.com. That's M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. There's no C in there. Mandrick.com. We're back I- with... Care- oh. Go ahead. Oh, I've had it, and it's really good. It is really good. I've got it. We've got some right here in the freezer now. <laughs> we are back with Kerry Paco Ellison. He is the owner of the Blackhawk Saloon in Charleston, West Virginia. And we've had Kerry on in the past to tell us about his uh, his odyssey, where the state uh, and the, the local bureaucrats on the health board have been uh, attacking him through his bu- uh, business because he runs a, a bar. And they passed a smoking ban there in Kanawha County in West Virginia. And he basically said to them, well, the hell with this. This is my business. I'm going to allow my uh, customers to smoke. I'm not the smoking police, and I'm not going to uh, to be your unpaid enforcer. And uh, and I think that, uh, per- personally, I think that position is heroic. And, uh, Carrie, I'm glad you took the time to come back on here uh, on a Free Talk Live with us. Of course, if people have questions for you, they can call in at 800-259-9231. But they find you. They hit you with fines. You appealed it. You ended up, uh, you ended up paying the fine. They claim that they wouldn't give you a jury trial because there's no chance of jail time, but what would happen if you didn't pay the fines? Um, I'm surprised that I've wondered about that. If, well, they would probably just sanction me somehow, pull, pull my license or my business license, my health permit or mm-hmm. my uh, liquor license again, something that is necessary for me to run. Well, because if you don't get the licenses, then they'll send men with guns in to shut you down. I mean, that's why people get licenses, right? Because they're afraid of what the uh, the men with guns calling themselves the police might do to them if they don't get their little permission slip and pay the bribe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. And so, you know, I don't blame business owners for uh, for going and and bowing down and and you know kissing the boot and getting the uh, the the permit because th- I mean they're scared and for good reason. So I, I never blame anybody for for doing what they need to do to do their business. And, 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 but that's the, that's the reason why business owners don't tend to do what you did, Carrie, is because they're too damned afraid of what the consequences might be. You were willing to, ex, uh, to accept those consequences. You stepped out of uh, you know, the, the line of the, the, the obedience to the state, and you said, well, wait a minute, this is my business, and I should be able to allow smoking. And indeed, the iron fist of the state came smashing down on you. It was a lengthy process, and if anything, you ended up getting some great free publicity out of it. I mean, all kinds of newspaper articles uh, came out of this. I mean, I suppose it wasn't free over time. You had to pay money to the state. Uh, but nonetheless, you did get some uh, some publicity. And of course, we've interviewed you here on the on the radio, which all three of the interviews have appeared on the air down there in uh, in Charleston. So hopefully, you know, that's resulted uh, in some some people walking through your door who otherwise would never have heard about you. I could I could have bought this much advertising for $100,000. No kidding. 
Yeah, I mean it's and and for the most part, people have have really been supportive. Um, we check the internet every time there's a um, an article or something, and and there are a few naysayers, but but they usually run eighty ninety percent in my favor. So That's most great. people are, are tired of it too. And once again, I remind you, I'm a non-smoker and have never smoked, and was never really a supporter of smokers' rights as much as I was people's right. It's it's people's right to choose together with other smokers or or for me to choose to let smokers or non smokers in here. Absolutely. And, and capitalism will will weed all that out. If there's a need for a non smoking bar, there'll be somebody across the street open one up. Damn right. And, and that should have been the way it, it was done. I I didn't feel that we needed any kind of rules or laws or regulations. In fact I've seen that, that happen. Be decided by a, a personal decision. You've seen a non-smoking bar open. Yeah, for well, in, in Atlanta before, I think there. I can't remember now. There may be a smoking ban in Atlanta now. Um, no, I don't think it affects bars. Maybe uh, I, I. I'm not certain about that, but I know that um, at the time there certainly wasn't a smoking ban, and there was a bar opened up that was specifically a non-smoking bar. That place was packed because there mm. were people who wanted to get away from the smoke, and so yeah. that place actually it was you know there's obviously a market potential there to take advantage of providing a place that didn't have smoking because most people do smoke quite a bit in bars, and and so for people who wanted to get away from that, and plus if you're out to meet someone, you want to meet and you want to meet a non-smoker, that's where you would go to meet them. Well, and what usually well, happens, but, but, that, but that in in that case, it was probably uh, the case of a, a big fish in a in a little pond. You know, there there weren't very many non-smokers bars, so everybody just culminated in that one spot. So it made it seem like they were, and that's fine. Everybody's happy. Right. What That's usually like, happens is when these laws come out, typically, uh, in many cases, it's certain bar owners or certain restaurateurs who are too chicken to actually implement a non-smoking policy because they're afraid of what might happen. They're afraid that they're going to lose business rather than gain it. They don't want to take that risk because they're chicken. And so they, uh, they, you know, they, they lobby the government to make it so that everybody has to be non-smoking. Yeah, right. that's it. I think a lot of times is uh, someone – in a certain market like like you said it's it they're um you know they don't want to lose the smokers so you know and, and if you make it so no one else can smoke anywhere then that that's great for them but what they what they fail to realize and i think what that bar in atlanta demonstrated was that there's markets for both and so you can yeah. you know you can uh, you can adjust to the market and and you know someone else opened another non-smoking bar in atlanta they would have gotten quite a bit of business uh, what it, it was basically indicated that there was this this market potential that someone had the opportunity to fill i mean effectively you, you could open a bar that didn't serve alcohol it and there may be a market for that, but but it, it should be somebody's choice. And if and if there's enough people who want to come to it, it'll work itself out. We don't need somebody to sit down there at their golden desk and make these rules for us. Absolutely right. You know, in fact, that leads me though the idea of a bar that doesn't serve alcohol leads me to a conversation I wanted to have with you tonight, Carrie, and that is about some alternatives. I understand you're going to try to get your uh, your liquor license back, but just to throw some ideas out there, you know, maybe for you to consider or for anybody else out there that's thinking about going into business for themselves to uh, to think about. There's a um, there's a club here in Keene, New Hampshire called Abenara, and it's a it's a pretty neat little place. It's a Middle Eastern uh, culture club, and they are applying for a liquor permit, but in the meantime, it's a private club. 
So basically, they sell $20 a year memberships uh, for people to, to be able to come in there. there. Now, if you have a membership, you can uh, bring up to two guests in with you as well. But, uh, but you know, 20 bucks a year, so it's a private club, and that means that different things can happen in a private club than can happen in a so-called public establishment. And one of the things they allow is for people to actually bring in their own alcohol and consume it uh, on the premises. They can't serve the alcohol but if you want to bring in your own beer or bring in your own liquor, uh, you can do that. I don't know if that's a business model that you know you even want to consider, but I want to bring it back here in a moment. You do have some more time for us, right, Kerry? Absolutely. All right, great. Absolutely. More with Kerry Paco Ellison here in moments, uh, live from the Black Hawk Saloon. That's where he is in Charleston, West Virginia. We're here in New Hampshire. We'll take your calls about absolutely anything as well. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. Are you giving candy again this year for Valentine's Day? Get creative, man. That's what shows women you care. This year, get her Georgia's famous baklava. It's Osborne approved. Walnut baklava with 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All of the ingredients are premium and all natural. That's why it tastes so good. Shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fresh and delicious. Order by February 10th to make sure you have it in time for Valentine's Day at mandrik.com. M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. No C in there. Mandrik.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free, though right now we'll uh, be giving priority to people with questions for Kerry Paco Ellison from the Black Hawk Saloon. We'll continue talking to him here in a few moments, a heroic, uh, very courageous businessman who stood up against the state. Uh, we'll uh, continue his story. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about LibertarianInternships.com. Yep, this, uh, your, your chances of taking advantage of uh, LibertarianInternships.com's offer over the summer here, if you're in college, are dwindling by the minute go to libertarianinternships.com and register for their internships in public policy journalism production that's uh, film and alternative media production and they have a stipend which means you get paid and housing housing assistance uh, little courses to show you how to do things and the ihs takes care of everything that's the institute for humane studies libertarianinternships.com you have to register for an account there before you get all the information. All right, we're on with Kerry Paco Ellison, uh, the one of the most I think courageous business owners in this in this country because he stood up against the smoking ban. They tried to ban smoking. They did ban smoking in Conway County. Uh, that's the Charleston, West Virginia area. And he basically said to the uh, said to his customers, "Hey, you guys can keep coming in and smoking. I'm not the smoking police." I'm not going to be enforcing this on you. This is my bar, and I want to allow smokers to come in here. It, it happened over two years ago, and the, ever since then, they've been they've been coming after him. They've been hitting him with fines. He's taken it to court. He did end up paying the fine, but as he pointed out, he couldn't have bought this much advertising for $100,000. I mean, all the newspaper stories and likely television news uh, stories and radio coverage that uh, that he and the Blackhawk Saloon have gotten over this has uh, been well worth it, which I think goes to show that in many cases – uh, doing civil disobedience or, or refusing or non-cooperation, refusing to go along with governmental rules, even in the face of uh, possible significant uh, harm that could be done to your business, can result in some wonderful things happening. And so there's definitely a silver lining to all of this negativity that the, the government brought on him. And and I think that's that's a real uh, positive side to this story. But what I was telling you about, Carrie, a moment ago was this uh, this little hangout establishment. This it's basically it's a hookah bar. Uh, it's a Middle Eastern culture club here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. And the the activists around here, the liberty activists, tend to like to hang out at this place. 
uh, because it's it's kind of a cool little setup. It's a private club where you have to buy a membership in order to get in. It's 20 bucks a year. And here in New Hampshire, like you guys have down there in uh, in Conowa County, there's a smoking ban that applies to all uh, bars and, and restaurants. And so these guys have hookahs, which are smoking devices. Now, they could allow for uh, for cigarettes if they wanted to, but they don't want that in their bar. They just want to allow the hookahs. But nonetheless, smoking is happening on and inside this premises, and they serve food there. So it's technically, you know, qualifies as a restaurant. However, because they set themselves up as a private club, the state can't uh, can't touch them. So I don't know if that's something you would consider for your business, but I thought it was just an interesting idea to throw out there. You know, what if the Black Hawk Saloon became a private uh, private club establishment where somebody had to buy a membership for like, you know, a buck or something, you know, whatever the arbitrary number is you'd want to set on that or or even just, you know, a penny. You could you could set whatever arbitrary number you wanted to and uh, and just you know, that way you could claim, well, this is a private club, so your rules don't apply. You know, everybody that's coming in here is joining up as a member knowing I think what's it's probably on. important to note that, that I wouldn't say necessarily the state can't touch them, but that the laws they've passed about smoking and things like that apply to specifically defined public spaces, which includes things like restaurants and bars. As opposed, whereas like a private club, I think just takes it out of that legal definition, which may or and, may not be the yeah. case in West Virginia. So I, I just wanted, was interested in your thoughts on that, Kerry. Well, I, actually, ironically, that was already Plan B. Plan A <laughs> is to try to get the license back, which is working out. I get them back tomorrow at noon, supposedly. Okay. Uh, plan B was there. Are, we have two other clubs here in the state, three other clubs here in the state that do just what you say. And they're, they're adult swingers clubs. It's mm. adult activity, and that's what I was going to go with. If nothing else, just a pit, just a, um, <laughs> I can't talk without, I can't talk on live radio. Oh, that's just a, to tee off everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep it, I'm trying to keep it clean, guys. I'm trying to. How about this one? And this was another one that, uh, that I was reminded of after, um, down in uh, down in Florida, there was a. I think this was down in Florida. Anyway, the 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 other idea for kind of a workaround would be that if well, if you can't sell alcohol anymore, would that mean you couldn't give it away? So, for instance, you could, for instance, put something on your menu like you buy this twenty five dollar meal or something like that, and normally the meal would cost you know ten bucks or something like that, whatever the the prices you need to build in the price of the alcohol into the meal. But basically, you serve the meal. And as a freebie, you know, just because you're feeling nice, you uh, you serve some of the, some alcohol to that uh, to that customers. Like you know, you buy a meal and then you just happen to get uh, some uh, some alcohol with it or something like that. Or you know, you you pay uh, you you give a donation to uh, some fund and then as a result you donate some alcohol back. I just wonder what other kind of ways you know you could you could you work can, around that. And throwing private parties and where there happens to be alcohol at a buffet style setting and people pay a cover charge. Things like that, and there are there really there there are several options that you can try, but but for now I'm pretty, I'm pretty much tested the waters. Oh yeah, you know, you've I'm gone kinda, further than I'm anybody else. Maxed me out for right now for testing the waters. I so don't blame you at I'm all. I'm just throwing this for a little while, and I've pretty much I've, I've had my 15 minutes of fame, and yep. I I really don't understand why I didn't get all the glory that Rosa Parks and the Boston Tea Party did, <laughs> but but. Uh, 
Uh, I got my share of it. But well, it, uh, you know, that comes later on down the line. I don't think Rosa Parks got all the glory right up front. It's, you know, history looks back and, and remembers, uh, hopefully will remember people like you, Carrie. I know I won't forget you. Know, I appreciate everything that you've done. And, and, I, and I think that if there's anybody out there that's saying, well, you should go, you know, go to the wall, take it all away. Well, that's big talk from somebody who's not taking a risk like you are. And, uh, and I don't blame you for saying, hey, I've had it. You know, this, is, this has been my play and it's, it's played out and, I, and I'm glad I did it. I don't regret it, but I'm done. And I don't don't blame you uh, one iota for that. You have done more, I think, for freedom than uh, than most business owners could ever dream of doing because they're too cowardly and, and to ever say no. Will, maybe someone else will take up the baton right. and carry forward or something. But I agree with you completely. I, I, I would never. I mean, I admire it when someone has the courage like you have presented, but I would never, ever pressure someone and say, you know, make them feel like they have a duty to do that because it is, and, you know, I never want to tell someone you have to self-sacrifice. And, and conceivably, <laughs> I may have lost, but but um, I still hold my head high. I still, I don't, uh, I don't uh, duck behind a tree when I see somebody. I still hold my head high. This started in 2008. Here it is, 10. Um, I've, I've run it about as far as you can run it and still survive. So I'm... Regardless of, of whether I made a, a dent in the iceberg or not, I'm, I'm still I'm still proud that uh, I'm still here. And, and sometimes you have to uh, conform a little to survive, and, and that's all I'm doing. Yep, Kerry, and I want to say thank you. I mean, thank yeah. you for what you've done. It's heroic. Anything right. else you want to share with our uh, our audience tonight, Kerry? I'm so, uh, no, I've pretty much covered everything. Just <laughs> um, you know. But, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd like to thank all the people, and, and there have been large numbers of people that that um, have supported me. And I'm, I'm talking in the grocery store. I'll encounter little blue-haired ladies that don't drink or smoke, mm. and they'll come up and shake my hand and and tell me that they think it's a great thing that, that I'm doing. And, and that's... Wow. That makes it worth it. And, and oh. these people... Uh, they're kind of unsung heroes in themselves. I got a little glory out of it. They, they uh, and there are people that, that have come in and and, and uh, thrown money down and handed said, "Here's a hundred dollars. Oh. Put this towards your fine. Here's here's two dollars. Here's five dollars." And and that's. That's admirable on people, and, and I'd like to thank those people. And that, that's about all I have to say. One more question for you, Kerry. Uh, now, you said that the liquor license hopefully will be coming back to you tomorrow. Are you guys open tonight? No, not tonight. No. Okay. Um, no they, I tried to talk them into the 4th, and they said no. They, it, would, it would have to be the 5th was the best they could do, which will be tomorrow. All right. Well, well, I hope that the, our listeners there in Charleston uh, are hearing this, and they appreciate also what you've done. And you know, go on in, and uh, when uh, when the Blackhawk is back open, and and say hi to Kerry and his uh, his staff over there, and tell them you heard him on Free Talk Live. And and uh, thank you so much as always, Kerry, for coming in with us. And uh, we'll be listening. And if our listeners down there say, tell us something else is up, I'm sure we'll have you back. Okay. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Kerry. Good night and good luck, and thanks so much for being so brave in the face of uh, the (laughs) adversity of the state. Good night, sir. 800-259-9231. Man, if we only had 5% of business owners that were like Kerry. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, uh, features free, including Facebook. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com to join our Facebook uh, fan page. You can join up, uh, become a fan, as it is called. And that's a good way to keep in the loop as to what's going on with the show, because we post our uh, Free Talk Live news updates over there, as well as to our email list. So go to facebook.freetalklive.com. And HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They can make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name, uh, whether it's a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. Uh, you can create your very own website with their free website builder tools and templates. Use code uh, coupon code FTL, FTL is in Free Talk Live, to sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. If you don't use the code FTL, you don't get the month free at HostGator.com. Now, we uh, finally get the chance to open up the phones here after having a very interview-heavy show, pretty unusual for Free Talk Live. We're actually going to continue things after hours, uh, after the radio show is over on our internet stream. So if you're there, uh, stay tuned, because Dale, you have something that you want to talk about that really... I don't know how well it's going to do on the radio. So how do you want to tease well, it's a, that? It's a, it's a somewhat it, parts of it are kind of risque. So okay. it's I figured it's a good after hour show. We're going to talk about goys. Goys, they're basically they're guys who are basically gay, but they have a lot of hangups about the um that 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 they need therapy about. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it here uh, coming up after the radio show's over live on our streams at listen.freetalklive.com. You can find those there if you aren't tuned in uh, right now. We continue with your calls right uh, at this point. Michael is on the line in South Carolina. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. How's it going? Oh, great, Michael. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was wanting to talk about uh, voluntary government. Sure. And uh, what. And I might be wrong, but I think in the past that you've said that you supported a type of uh, reputation ranking uh, in order to force – yeah. I, I think that that, uh, that that people already have reputation. It's just that I think that having a, a system uh, that is a little bit more specifically targeted towards getting people's reputations out there publicly, I think that would help a lot to it, deter isn't fraud that kind and of things what, like that. Isn't that kind of like things like consumer reports and U, UL – um, sure, but that, those, systems those more apply are... to businesses. I mean, I'm, okay. when, I, when I talk about a, rating, a reputation rating well, system, I also include individuals. Ratings, yeah, like there credit is credit ratings. ratings. That's, that's one aspect of it. I mean, those are just some aspects of it that are already implemented. And then the idea is that uh, in, a, in a really free market, there are some other things that people could implement if they wanted to. And then those would have their own reputations in terms of how reliable they actually are. For, mm-hmm. And, you know, because they, they have to actually be able to convince people that they're very good at rating and that they're not Bad are being arbitrary or yeah. being influenced by um, being biased or influenced and things like that. So, Well, that sounds great, but um, wouldn't you agree that some level of force would still be required? Depends. I mean, I think that in the case where you've got someone who's violated another person's rights, where you've got a, a violent, dangerous person who's out there harming people, yeah, absolutely, you're going to have to use force to bring that person uh, to, to some justice. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's basically what I wanted to ask you. You know, I imagine a situation where maybe a family was harming uh, their children, and someone would have to intervene on behalf of the children, and you know, with force to to stop them. 
Yeah, I think that uh, the the difference, though, would be that in today's society, when the government uses force, there's no liability for what they do. So they can literally get away with murder and uh, very rarely actually get themselves in trouble, their own agents for that sort of thing. They kind of they claim they're going to investigate and then the investigation turns up that everything was fine, uh, even yeah. though they actually murdered somebody. So in right. in a free market environment where justice was provided by the marketplace, then if some market enforcer is going to bounty hunter for for instance or an insurance company that's trying to bring a criminal violent criminal to justice if they botch it up if they go after the wrong guy if they arrest you and thinking that you were the guy and it turns out you weren't the guy then unlike the government who can just you know put their hands behind their back walk on away and whistle and whistle because they got no liability there's no way you can uh, hold them accountable for making a mistake like that we just came back today mark and dale and we were all watching a, a man who spent 18 years in a florida prison on death row for a crime he didn't commit luckily he was exonerated 18 years uh, later but they, they asked him about restitution if he got any restitution yeah. from the state of florida he said when he left he got a pair of pants a shirt and a hundred dollars that's what they give everybody when they uh, when they leave florida prison mark yeah. you got 17 the same thing. years in prison on death row expecting to every day wondering if the next day was going to be his last right so that's the st- kind of story that you find commonplace in the government uh justice right. system but in a market-based system where there's competition and no one is forced to use one provider over another, then if they make a mistake and arrest the wrong person, they are in big trouble. Their reputation is going to take a huge hit. They may have to pay. Uh, their, their insurance policy will have to kick in. The insurance company will probably drop them at, uh, at that point. For whoever it was that was insuring them for making the right decisions, that kind of thing. Uh, they would likely would go out of business. I mean, it would be way worse than what's going on with Toyota right now, for instance, because we're talking about people's lives uh, that, are, that are on the line here. I, I think we would have... What would happen is we would have the mechanics in place at that point because there would be accountability. Anytime you have a monopoly, particularly a monopoly on force, accountability goes out the window. And so when you add accountability, I think then it no longer is just rhetoric, the idea of innocent until proven guilty. Because that's, that's, the, that's the rhetoric that gets tossed around and it's completely empty. Um, and I think yeah. that in the right, with the right mechanics in place, that's actually a possibility. And so when, I, you know, when people think that uh, when you when you promote and when you endorse a voluntary government and people think that you're being an idealist, it's not uh, it's not really that you have this idealist view of what the world is going to be. What you have is is that you want you know I want there to be fewer innocent people being prosecuted for being uh, being prosecuted and actually uh, mm. harmed. I want I want less crime. I want less violence and. And we need the mechanics in place to get there. And so it isn't that it's idealistic. It's not perfect. But what it does is it makes a, it makes an environment where it can evolve and get better. And people that make mistakes that cost other people their freedom They're will actually be held accountable. So does that answer your question? Yeah, that, and I was thinking along the same lines. I'm, I'm glad to see that, that – uh we agree on that. Good. Well, if you want to expand your uh, your your vision here, uh, what I would recommend is going to book.freekeen.com. There you'll find a couple of really great books. One of them is uh, recently written, Complete Liberty from 2006, and also one from back in the 1970s called The Market for Liberty. They're both available completely free in audiobook format, also in PDF format, and they really both go into the ideas of marketplace uh, justice. I think probably The Market for Liberty goes a little bit further uh, into it than does uh, Complete Liberty, but they're both excellent and great uh, ways to kind of expand your vision of what a voluntary order might look like. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Let's talk to John listening in Charleston to WVTS. Charleston, you're on, uh, John, you're on Free Talk Live. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? 
First time caller. I've never. I just got into talk radio when they switched over to uh, ninety four five here in Charleston. Welcome. Um, well, I know Carrie Elson personal mm-hmm. personally. I'm another bar owner in Charleston, and um, the ABC and the health department have you know have it out for the for the bar owners um, who you know who flaunt not flaunt but um, you know don't look, don't abide by the rules. Um, I still let people smoke in my bar after certain you know at, at a certain time just because. Um, when I didn't do it, my business uh, went elsewhere. Hmm. And, um, you know, I have a family to take care of, and that's the most important thing. Oh, well, then we won't ask you what your bar is, then, because that will get you targeted. So <laughs> go ahead yeah, with your thoughts. Well, they, you know what? They, they target me all the time anyway. Hmm. We actually are in the process of filing suit um, against the ABC for um, unfair practices. Um, we have, uh, we've pulled the audit reports from the um, state legislature um, for the past, I believe, four or five audits, and found out that they're um, that the legislature has told them that they need to put in in place a um, a schedule, a fee schedule, and and stand by it for like if a bar does one thing and they say they serve an underage and they're charged a hundred bucks, the the bar next door serves an underage and they're charged five hundred bucks mm. because there is no. There is no um, enforcement on what they can charge and what they can't charge. Mm, so if they just like you, then they'll be nicer. And if they or, don't like you, then or they'll... if you slip them a little payment under the table mm. that no exactly. one knows about. Which was which you funny that you said that because some of the ABC inspectors just got switched around because they're under federal investigation for taking bribes. <laughs> well, the, the, that, that potential is always going to be there for... when you consolidate that much power in one place. I mean, that's you're, yeah. you're asking for that to happen and. And it's really a denial of of reality human to, to, of human nature, a denial of reality to think that you can create conditions like that and not and then for that not to happen. Yeah, but it's not okay. And um, you know, taking a bribe from a public official, I feel that uh, you know, they public officials when working in the capacity uh, that, that they're given should be. I think that the the penalties should be double, so they should get twice the prison time. Hey, John, well, I, I appreciate. I, I'm sorry, guys. I appreciate hearing from you uh, here tonight. And will you do us a favor and call us back? Uh, we're on every night there at nine o'clock uh, in uh, in Charleston. Call us back. Let us know how your uh, your lawsuit goes. All right. Okay, I will. I appreciate hearing from you, and thank you for doing that. All right, we're done for tonight here on the radio side of things. Great to hear new people finding us on the FM band. That's exciting. And uh, more coming up here. If you're on our internet stream, stick around. If you're on the radio, we'll uh, be back tomorrow night. You can join us same time, same place, same channel. Uh, Radio or internet listeners, stay tuned. More coming up shortly. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, internet-only edition of the show. There is no toll-free number. Well, unless you're the Free Talk Live amplifier, then you know what the secret uh, amp line is. You can use that. The amp lines are open, as they always are, here on extended editions of the program. Also, uh, you can dial in at 603-722-0267. That's the soapbox number. It connects to us here for the next hour. 603-722-0267. Open phones, as always. We'll take your calls about uh, whatever's on your mind here. And, of course, there's no FCC at this point, so we are completely uh, free to say whatever we might feel like saying. Mark has to take off, so uh, oh, you want me to turn your mic on? Okay. Sure. Par- uh, pardon me. I, I have a prior appointment, so I've got to go. 
Mark uh, has somewhere to be, so that's fine. So we'll, uh, we'll again, uh, take your phone calls about anything. Dale's going to stick with me here because, actually, we're doing this extended show because you had something that, yeah, it's, you know, it's... Parts it of it are explicit. risque. It, it could, we, we, we could talk about it on the regular show, yeah. but there'd be a lot of stuff that would probably be better to avoid because of FCC and things like that. Uh, a, a fair chunk of it is probably okay to talk about, so... So let's, I mean, we, t- we tend to do, we try our best to be as clinical in, in any kind of sexual discussion as possible. But nonetheless, the other night, I said hand job on uh, Saturday because, well, I don't know if you heard this, but one of our, our old co-hosts, in fact, I think I can pull this promo up here. I wanted to play it that night, but I wasn't sure if it was the right promo or not. A long time ago, when we, we were talking about hazing on Saturday nights, and a long time ago, uh, when we were just a local show, one of our co-hosts, Jason, had told us that uh, he was on a football team in uh, Sarasota, Florida. He was uh, on the there was one of the private he went to a private school there in town, and he was Carl Mooney, and he was on their football team, and that uh, they had a hazing ritual that involved basically involved him giving hand jobs. Now that was my recollection of the promo, and honestly, I, I probably haven't listened to it in a few years, so I'm gonna try to. Uh, to pull that up, if I can, you're snapping your fingers because uh, you want your mic off. It was it was in the shower, um, as I understand it. Yeah. You know, they have the, a group shower. You know, young men, football, and and a lot of soapy, sudsy satisfaction going on. Right. So is he, it, wait, does this this doesn't have anything to do with that new show on Spike? This about it has a hazing on a football team. I have no oh, idea. Okay. No, this happened no. years ago. I mean, this happened years ago. It was him telling us about it. Let me play this promo. I'm pretty sure okay. this is it here. Free talk live. Hey, yeah. I didn't change the topic. No, that's I, not it. Okay, so I don't really <laughs> even know. I don't even know. I mean, it was kind of funny sounding, but uh, I'll, I'll see it's if I It's a promo involving hand jobs. Yeah, it was. It pretty, was funny. Pretty risque. <laughs> it sounds like it would be so funny. I'm just happened, trying to picture like the context of a promo involving what, hand What jobs. happened with the pro- program director on that one, Ian? I mean, did the the program? You know what? He didn't. He didn't get back to me. And I, do you think I should the, follow up? Well, okay. Let me let me reset here because what happened was I said hand job on the uh, on the air, referencing what had happened when Jason was telling us that he was told that he needed to give hand jobs to the guys on the football team in the showers. Right. Uh, I don't think he ended up <laughs> doing it, but that was what they tried to haze him with. <laughs> and so, so I referenced okay. that, and you know, it's, and these are big football, you know, jockey, you know, very heterosexually uh, oriented guys, they, and homophobic. They sound like boys. De- <laughs> right, right, exactly. They are very, they really very do. repressed, very <laughs> repressed. And uh, and so, you know, I just kind of referenced that briefly. Then on Sunday, I get an email from one of our program directors of uh, one of our smaller affiliates in a little town, and he said, uh, you know, he's very concerned because somebody emailed him and. Uh, he wanted me to address the issue, and the, basically the person's email. I can actually share it with you if you if you want to hear well, it. It was, it was some woman who was listening, and and she said she was half listening, and I I kind of get you know basically um, you said hand job and I said what because I <laughs> I couldn't believe that uh, I forgot I'd forgotten this, and I couldn't believe that this was the kind of hazing ritual that would go on in a high school, and so uh, I, you know I was shocked, and and the woman was just like you know probably to some extent uh, you know when when you get, when you do something like that it gives people license. I went what. So she was even given license to be more shocked than mm. she would normally be. Right. But, you know, hand job, 
it doesn't exactly fit the FCC's uh, uh, you know definition of what it would be considered uh, offensive. No, and it wasn't done in a pandering kind of manner, although she points out that we were laughing about it. I was laughing about it because it's absurd, I mean, because of the absurdity. It is funny. I'm right. sorry. Well, but... she didn't know what the conversation was like. She said she was half listening, and she just tuned in. I mean, hand job's the kind of word that gets people to t- tune in and listen, and uh, yeah, you, know, that... you know, mentally tune in and listen, and um, and then me going, what? Uh, happens, you know, make made it made her pay more attention right so uh let me share the, the i'll share the email with you here it's from a lady named rachel she says dear program director i am an occasional listener of the program free talk live on saturday nights for the most part i find their commentary controversial although sometimes thought-provoking they're anti-government anti-authority and can be demeaning and rude to callers i was listening last night and they were talking about hazing in high school college and the military i was kind of half listening when they started talking about a way that a boy would be humiliated in the locker room their comment involved the boy being humiliated performing a sexual act on another boy in the shower they then in parentheses she says they used the official term for the act in their comments so she doesn't even actually she's so prudish she won't even actually write hand job uh in the email how's he supposed to know if anything uh bad has happened when she won't even say what it was she she says it was apparent to the announcer that this is at least a common practice because he made another comment right away that the caller knew what he was talking about both sides were laughing at this point i was appalled and disgusted to say the least (laughs) right now this prudish gal um, is disgusted by the term handjob and i think that this is it it is disgusting to try to force young men to give handjobs in the locker room but um you know this is the same uh, you know the the, uh, listening to a same station i don't know what they have on there but let's say They've got Rush Limbaugh on there, uh, you know, advocating Guantanamo Bay and incarceration of people without their their rights and and war and things like that. You know, blowing young uh, American men into little tiny chunks of hamburger is not offensive, but a hand job is. Yeah, I mean, this kinda, is how I was going to say up. not disgusting but inappropriate. Yeah, these people are not. These to, are, the people are just messed up. To do things, you know. Brains she, are twisted. She says, yeah. I, changed, I, gotta go. I changed the station as I don't want to hear anything like that. I would like to strongly request you mo- remove this program from your lineup. Uh, the station has a very positive message, and you don't need this garbage on the air. The business I work for has advertised with you, and I'm sure most of your advertisers would not want to support this kind of a show. I look forward to hearing from you. So he gave me the opportunity to, uh, to write him you know, back and kind of explain what happened. So I'll share that with you as well. I said, uh, program director's name, thanks for asking. I certainly can uh, explain. The overarching topic on the entire Saturday night program was about hazing, as Rachel pointed out. As you may be aware, hazing is a mature topic that involves humiliating acts and other physical and psychological abuse. It's one of the many topics that deserve frank discussion. But mature discussions on our show are in no way intended to be pandering to the lowest common denominator. The term she's beating around the bush about is hand job. The laughter was because of the absurdity and embarrassment of the situation we were discussing. To a child, such a description in no way suggests sexuality, unless the child is already aware of the meaning of the phrase. And that, for, for just to break down here for a moment, that's what's the most upsetting part about this. Because the, the, the program director actually said in his email that, can you elaborate on this, please? We're a family radio station, and I need to hear more details from you. Well, hand job isn't in any way descriptive of it's, yeah, what's it's incredibly going on. vague. If you know exactly what it is, then it's 
it kind of you know. doesn't matter. Yeah. Then you know, yeah. Right. So really what this is is about a woman who is uncomfortable with her sexuality and uncomfortable with sexual discussion. She knows enough as an adult to know what a hand job is, so she's uncomfortable. It's not about families or the children. Yeah. And in fact, she never even brought that up. She just talked about how she thought advertisers would be upset and that she was upset. So it's all about her issues, her personal rejection of, uh, of talking about these issues. Anyway, I, I continue here saying that uh, I'll happily excerpt the audio for your review should you like, but it'll be entirely out of context of the surrounding hours of discussions and calls. I mean, we had a, a full show about hazing, and this was just one moment. Of course, I didn't mention to him at one point there was a call at, that from Matt in Illinois that uh, talked about uh, fucking a picnic table. Um, <laughs> he didn't hear that part. It was I don't think that, uh, that hour aired on, on his station, but anyway. Uh, Free Talk Live has not shied away from mature discussions, but doesn't pander in morning zoo shock jock style. As another example of something Rachel wouldn't like, this week we discussed teens that are arrested and charged with child porn. The purpose of these uh, these discussions is not to titillate or joke about them, it's not a laughing matter, but to inform and encourage critical thinking. That said, topics such as these, no matter how tactfully approached, are going to get someone upset. I think we're family friendly but only to families willing to have open, honest discussions about how life really is. Free Talk Live will not jibe with the type of parent who wishes to shield their children from honest discussions of religion, sexuality, drugs, violence, and a varied host of other topics. I look forward to your thoughts. Is hand job off-limits? Is the entire discussion of hazing off-limits? If the former, I'd certainly accept suggested alternatives. I think once in the that, past... Uh, that's what allows stuff like that to go on, because people won't talk about it. Yep. So, you know, in the past, I've called it digital manipulation. Like, if you want me to get more vague, okay, fine. Well, now people know what it is, then. Like, if you say hand job, it sounds vague, and if they don't know, they don't know. But when you start talking about digital manipulation, now you're painting a picture That's for true. Them. It is a little bit more <laughs> It's more. Specific. I mean, it sounds more scientific, right. but the reality is you're painting a picture for them now, and their imagination can run wild. If the entire discussion is off limits, we will sadly have to part ways. I'd also like to apologize if you feel I've misrepresented this program. Hopefully you'll agree and understand that some listeners will be upset. However, if you feel this type of listener is the core of your audience and advertisers, it's probably the right move to cancel our program. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to explain. And that was I sent that on Sunday, uh, Sunday night, so or Monday. Well, and, and hopefully he has the sense, and I suspect he does, to realize that someone is going to get offended no matter what is on. And, and he should. You cannot please everyone. You're obviously every show is going to have a market base, and and it can be somewhat broad, or, but. But but yeah, you just can't please everyone. And I'm and not willing to. You'll offend someone else if you try to pander to that person. Right. So. And, and I'm not willing to. And so you can see I took a firm stand here. Look, this is a show that addresses mature issues on a regular basis. And if you feel like your advertisers wouldn't like that if they heard it, then really we don't belong on your station. That's that's the case. Yeah. So uh, so it's all in his hands, and I haven't heard back from him. I don't know. Do you think I should follow up with him and say, hey, did you get the email? No, I think you leave just it at leave that. Just leave it as is. Just yeah, right. I think you did a good explanation and let give him a chance to look at it. He might just be already moving on. He may, you know, yeah, I'm sure he gets that on a somewhat regular basis every yeah. time someone does it. I mean, the other thing, too, this woman kind of sounds like I mean, she mentioned the other topics of your show being anti-government and things like that. Right. Uh, and I, it's very possible that she's just 
this is just ammo for her because she doesn't like the topic. She doesn't Could agree with well you. Be. She doesn't it hasn't agree been, with the subject being discussed, and so right. this was a chance to... And it's not the first time this has happened. It's not the first time people have uh, come after our radio affiliates. It's just luckily it hasn't happened that often. I mean, surprisingly enough, as, yeah. as, uh, as controversial as some of the topics are on this program... We really don't get a lot of negative well, feedback. Yeah, you know, there are shows, I think, that pander to being shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Purposely. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, you know you, I could probably mention some, but I don't need to. People, people know. And, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, you know, that probably draws a certain crowd. Right. We really do talk about things here intellectually. And I think that, I mean, I, I think right. that there's never like just shocking just to, for the sake of shock value. The listeners that are listening to uh, to hear about the strippers in the studio are not going to hear it on this show. That's like a morning show kind of <laughs> <Right. laughs> zoo thing. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We wouldn't necessarily attract that kind of listener. So let's continue here. Uh, we we got to get to the goys, but let's go to this call. He's been waiting, yep. he or she has been waiting patiently on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live Extended Edition. Hello there. Hello. Hey there, y'all talking to me? Hey, it's Ted in the Woods. What's on your mind, Ted? Yeah, here's Ted. How's it going? Uh, man, how did you get through all Saturday talking about hazing and you not once mentioned the atomic setup? Well, I don't know it. What is that? <laughs> oh, Dale knows. Well, I, I don't know. I just, oh, I, I just, I I'm already in anticipation of what in the hell is he about to say on the uh, non-FCC <laughs> version of FTL. <laughs> oh, I, I, there, there's no foul language involved. It really. doesn't matter now, I, I could, so. You can use file language. I throw some now. in there if you wanted to, but <laughs> yeah, the atomic setup, man, that's where you're. Someone's telling you that this is the hardest setup in the world, and if you can do this, and you're some oh, kind of oh, I think I know Hulk what it Hogan, is now. Macho I thought man you said type. setup. Yeah, you that's what I thought it was setup. Yeah, now setup. I think I know what you're talking about. All right, what is it? What did you say? We no, thought we thought you, you said it? setup. It's setup is what you're saying. S I T U P. Setup. Yeah, setup. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, you put that towel over someone's face, and then they struggle to pull up, and then you pull the towel away, and they go nose first into someone's ass crack. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sounds like a goy thing. <laughs> <laughs> so has, has yeah. that happened to you, Ted? No, that ain't never happened. I've seen it happen a few times. Is that right? I, what were the circumstances? I got to witness one. What, 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 you say you've seen it happen. What were the circumstances? Uh, oh, a football practice. Yeah. Man, football players—they really just need to get it on. There's a get lot of closeted, of right? There's a lot of closeted <laughs> gays in the in the football, aren't there? We're going to touch on that. That's a. Well, everyone's a little gay. Well, I, I imagine that could probably be the case. Although a number of people would likely de- deny, deny, deny. How about you, Ted? How gay are you on a scale of one to ten? Uh, I'd give myself like a two, three, maybe. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Uh, so we don't have a toll-free number, but there is a line open for you at 603-722. Actually, a whole bunch of lines. We've got four lines connected to this thing. 603-722-0267. Uh, that and also the amp lines are available. So you can call in about anything. Yeah. Tell give me, me that, that Give me that one more time. 603 603-722. 0267. Okay. And that's our soapbox number. So if you call that number during the daytime, you're going to go to the soapbox. You can leave a message up to three minutes long. Maybe we'll play it on the air, although I really need to review the soapboxes. Uh, of course, best time is to during the live show. So if you call during the live show uh, from 7 to 10 Eastern at night, 
that number will ring into the GCN studios. And if you call between 10 and 11, which is normally when we do the uh, the extended editions, it'll ring right here into us. So it's cool. like a multi-purpose line that any time of the day is going to get you connected to something related to Free Talk Live. And so, so many people have cell phones these days. It doesn't matter that it's long distance. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about Goys. Okay. I think I'm going to read you sort of an introduction here. That I think this makes a good introduction. G and then we can zero it is y that's correct g zero y s dot o r g and I think there's a reason oh, there's a why website. Okay. the a has been replaced with a zero. We can talk about that okay. <laughs> after I introduce them. So uh, I'm going to read a section off of their website, and it's uh, and the title of this section is called so you and this is after you go through the the front page and into the fir- to, the, to the, like the next the basic the front the basic page of their site. It says so you think you're the only one. <laughs> I, I'm tempted to read this like a surfer because that's sort of what it sounds like. It ought to you be read it however like. you want, man. Have fun with it. You may be here because you feel completely alone in your situation. After all, they, they have a lot of little like italics and capitals and stuff in here for emphasis. So I'm going to try and inflect that. After all, you're basically a regular guy who behaves, behaves like any other regular guy. You may even date women or be married. But deep inside, you deal with strong feelings of real warmth, plus genuine affection for other guys, too. You've seen the media's take on the quote-unquote gay community. And not only do you not relate to that image, but you, you find many of the practices repulsive to your basic value system. The truth is you're a guy who really loves masculinity and appreciates those traits in other men while simultaneously finding actions that effeminize masculine men to be grossly distasteful. They've got a link here, too. I haven't clicked it yet. I imagine it goes to porn (laughs) or something. You probably look forward to holidays with your buds, especially those times when you can horse around, wrestle, and even be a little tender, like when you've had a few beers or maybe just got got done pinning the guy down wrestling. And you find your arm around him. So the football team. <laughs> this is so the football team. This is awesome. This guy's just having his little fantasies. I love it. And you find your <laughs> and you find your arm around him, resting a hand on his upper or lower back in a casual, reaffirming hug. You're the definition of quote unquote respectful, but you want to be closer too. The mind-blowing truth is simply this. Odds are greatly in your favor that the majority of your buds feel the same feelings in various degrees. Resolution comes by understanding what's truly good and natural behavior, as opposed to shameful disrespect, masquerading as progressive gay culture. Are you ready to live a more abundant life by learning to apply wisdom to your thought process while rejecting the fool's errands society's educated fools task the vulnerable with? I don't know what the hell that's. (laughs) I have no idea what the hell that's all about. (laughs) So, once a guy discovers that other guys are also receptive to M to M intimacy without the raunch, he often (laughs) that's capitalized and quoted in quotes raunch. He often enters a gray area where he feels deep compassion for his peers, but none relate to what they see the mass media portray as G capital A Y. (laughs) <laughs> the A by itself is capitalized. Such men are goy, spelled with a zero. And the mind-blowing truth is, we represent the majority of men. Well. <laughs> and because that's the truth. They must be right. <laughs> and because that's the truth, you won't need switch off your higher brain functions, nor abandon, not even compromise your ethics or relationship with God. 
as some men have been falsely led to believe. For those with questions along theological lines, see the God hates section to the left. Hmm. So. So. (laughs) (laughs) In other words, my understanding of this is that these are men who are attracted to other men. Um, whether they want to you know, really acknowledge that publicly or not, they're acknowledging it actually. They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, we're into other guys. Okay. Well, and, I mean, some of them they said that might be married, so maybe they're still in the closeted, but but into other guys, but uh, but are not interested in kind of the uh, the what what might seem to be the stereotypical gay uh, lifestyle, right? Like the flamer kind of. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, I've actually kind of, read a few bit things on the website. Um, and and I have a pretty good idea of where they stand on different things. There's a there's a there's another thing on the front page a little bit longer than what I read. I won't go into it right at this moment, but essentially what I can I can summarize and say, uh, they're 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 totally acknowledging that they're that they're attracted to other men, mm-hmm. if not exclusively, at least to some extent or to varying degrees. They're totally acknowledging that that you know wanting to you know get off so to speak is fine and normal and healthy, but you should absolutely never ever ever do it with anal sex. That's what this is really all about. <laughs> uh, that's a big part of it, and a lot of it also is just sort of this sort of hypermasculine, this obsession with hypermasculinity. So these would and never like be the, being the really masculine macho guys, and they're into other guys, and they're not into drag queens or effeminate guys right. or things like that. So they're not likely know. to be in a speedo or something like that. Well, I don't know. No? Okay, I don't. I don't know. Know. They don't like the, the 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 basically the general gay culture and the and and they're really really talking with a list would really be off negatively limits. that would be and they're really really obsessively like negatively obsessed with anal sex and how awful and immoral and unhealthy and bad it is no matter whether you're gay or straight or whatever so so anal sex is immoral according to them yes that you that word is used you know I've seen it you, you know used several times on their website so well I'm I'm curious as to uh, as to what the religious component of this is, I mean, although that's there too. I mean, I see that come up several times on the website. There's talk about attending a gay church. You know, there's a uh, uh, or someone. Uh, you know, I guess the, the author of the website. I don't know if it's multiple people writing it. Um, it seems like there's one guy who's created a lot of content on this website. It's 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 walls and walls of text. I haven't you know by yeah, far. I've not read it all. I've just sort of glanced. You know, read a few excerpts here and there. But there's uh but there's a you know there's there's they they try to address some of the subjects like the idea that they're homophobic and they are <laughs> I mean there, there's a, I mean there's this sense of in a way it could be it would be I think it could be a nice addition to like the culture if they wanted to come out and say this is there's some people who are like this and this is sort of what we're into mm-hmm. and express it as a preference but they're not really expressing it like that they're saying this is the way you ought to be and the rest is not acceptable. Right, so these are the uh, kinds you know. of, uh, of of gay men who would probably have no objection to legislating against sodomy or you know. I wonder. Kind of I don't think play. I haven't seen them talk about politics, but there's, certainly there's a very authoritarian attitude about th- there's this very clear right and wrong in terms of what ought to be personal preferences. I mean, you know, uh, you know, to say I'm into masculine guys, I don't like anal sex, which by the way, uh, you don't have to be goy to not be into anal sex. There's plenty of gay people that aren't and right and so i, mean, I think it was a common misconception i think that when people think about gay people and gay males uh that uh, that anal sex has to be involved but no right and and also there's you know misconceptions that i think you know someone someone like this could could do some good in terms of dispelling some misconceptions like you know the idea that there's a man and a woman role in all gay couples which isn't 
which true. isn't true, and uh, and things like that. But uh, but but sometimes there is, and and that's okay. You know, like I think what bugs me about this is is there's this uh, there's this notion of um, that that this is the way it should be for everyone. That you know they should always be you know when in fact there are in fact people, and it's okay to if you are kind of effeminate and if you are maybe submissive sexually, and that's what you prefer. And and you find someone who's complimentary to that, then I don't see what the problem is and why you would be obsessively, negatively obsessed with people being that way. Why do you think that you is? Know, I think that there's a I think there's a degree of misogyny in this, and I've seen it in the gay community as well. It's just it's just really it's misogyny? really intense Isn't that here. Hatred of women? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think that uh, I think there's an element here, and they don't really address it here. I mean, they kind of touch on women. Briefly, as like, it just sort of acknowledge, okay, yes, there's bisexual goys, there's guys who are, are maybe even married and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what, what I what I sense is really a lot of traits that are sort of traditionally f- female, like being maybe sexually submissive, being the receiving partner in a, in an intercourse situation, uh, and you know, and again, the fact that they're obsessed with hypermasculinity, like masculine guys, not guys who show any sort of feminine characteristics. There is um, there isn't built into this sort of a, a, a misogyny, a, a totally a, a failure to appreciate feminine traits, which, mm. you know, which we all have women more so than men. But there's a whole spectrum of people in the world, male and female, who to varying degrees show some feminine traits and they're not negative traits. They have yeah. value in the world. In fact, you know, a lot of people might associate, you know, being peaceful and not violent as a somewhat feminine trait, which I you know, which I think is a very healthy trait. You know, right. that's just one example. And so there is an element of misogyny, I think, in this whole thing. That's about- an interesting <laughs> observation that, you know, maybe these guys secretly despise women for whatever reasons. You know, they mm-hmm. think the men are superior for blah, blah, blah. You know, those people are. Uh, so they so they despise women and as a result become more uh, more attracted to their their male friends. And this is how it's kind of it's manifesting in that in this whole culture of of uh, a goys g zero y s there may be that i think that's probably but i mean whether or not that's the origin of it like maybe i don't know if they started off despising women and then became goys and attracted to men and and into hyper masculine issues or if they or if that's just the you know part of the the whole package if you if they you know for whatever reason like if they became maybe they're for whatever reason they're really turned off by certain things and and <clears throat> and there's just this level of intolerance for what is not what does not fit their preference. You know what I mean? So typical of of many um, many people of various varying different beliefs. The idea, and this is a, one of the biggest problems I think in the world today, this idea that your way is the right way, and that everybody that doesn't do it your way is a problem and needs to somehow be shamed for doing it differently, or uh, you know, uh, essentially shut out uh not shamed and ostracized for for living life differently or yeah, even like legislated that, against and imprisoned yeah whether we're talking about i mean uh, it leads to that sometimes because then you you're already justifying it you know so then you it leads to that sometimes right i mean, I mean we're not talking into, about uh, muslims into, or christians you know hating each other we're talking about uh goys or various or drug users or versus the this the nailed to the x straight edge people and there's a lot of this uh mentality out there that well i've got the right system and everybody should be like me or else I mean, mm. these guys maybe aren't proposing legislation, but it's that attitude that 
that moves things in that direction toward, well, if only I were in charge, I would make sure that nobody was having anal sex ever again. You know, yeah. and that's what these people would do if they were given the opportunity to do something like that. You know, I was looking at their uh, their page, uh, their religious page. It's full of homoeroticism. That's, that's kind of fun about it. But. <laughs> Uh, G0YS.org. I clicked on, uh, let's see, what was it? Um, whatever the hell the religious link was. Anyway, it says here that Goys hold the theological, hold to the theological model that argues using the scriptures that God specifically forbade anal sex and that lax, indiscriminate men twisted that prohibition beyond the letter and lawlessly expanded it with sloppy exegesis and outright mistra- uh, mistranslation to allege that same gender of affections were forbidden. Goys point out numerous scriptural citations to support our gender-blind slash anti-anal posturing, but more importantly, so basically saying that God doesn't like any uh, anal sex, but he's he's okay with uh, with two men getting together. Uh, but more importantly, Goy's point to the overall themes and purpose of the law in the Old Testament plus the law of Christ in the New. Goy's gender-blind anti-anal position on the issue of sexual affle- affections should not make or should make any Christian or Jew swallow hard contemplating swallow hard <laughs> contemplating seriously <laughs> seriously the citation oh. from Deuteronomy 19 above. Oh, and the most scholarly Jewish rabbis agree with the Goy's. How ironic is that? <laughs> so here they are justifying yeah. their uh, their viewpoint with the Bible, which is very common amongst uh, you know very religious people trying to find the Bible tracks that'll uh, promote their belief systems over somebody else's. Yeah, well, I think that's a big part of this. Is just sort of there's just it just reeks of des- of sort of a desperate insecurity and desire to be accepted and and uh, you know and the, and so they'll they're really sort of trying to attack what they see as two cultural extremes that they don't want to be associated with. Mm. One is the cultural extreme of being anti-gay, you know, the Falwell, you know, right. the, 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 the um, you know, men should never be together thing, which they obviously don't agree with. And then the other extreme, which is the, the, the uh, what they see as the predominant gay culture, uh, you know, drag queens and effeminate men and anal sex uh, and, so, and caught, so forth. But between two uh, zones that they're very uncomfortable with and they're lashing out. Which is understand being I understand being uncomfortable with those zones if yeah. that's you know. But 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 yeah, again, the the attitude of of it, it, you know they're they're Bible thumping themselves. It's yep. it's all over their website. But you know, I know I don't I'm not big on drag. You know, I don't particularly care for dra- the drag queen stuff. But you know, I just but you don't I hate just, them. You're not <laughs> no, angry. No, I don't at hate them. them. I just don't. I'm just not particularly interested. You don't, don't feel you like know. they rub off negatively on you and how you're perceived by people because well, you're not you're not a drag queen. Anybody right. that meets you is pretty clear on that. Right. Yeah. It's no big deal. Huh. The, the site's actually pretty funny. I mean, because you know, you just just reeks of insecurity and <laughs> and just. Uh, so. so people can go to g0ys.org if they want yeah. to. Uh, I, this is spreading. I mean, I think it's spreading really? because I'm seeing, I, you know, I had seen this thing before. I can't remember where it was referenced. And recently it was referenced again by somebody I knew. And that's what made me think like, wow, actually, is this catching on? I mean, hmm. there seems to be a fair amount of, there's a, they, they also get accused of 
that they're trying to seduce straight guys, which I'm totally fine with. I think <laughs> Seducing should, a straight guy. Yeah, you got you know you got to try. You know you can't knock someone for trying. You know be within reason, respect boundaries. Oh yeah, that, why not? I mean if what they say is true. And, if know. what they say is true, and that I think they make a claim on here that one out of three uh, men is uh, is you know qualifies as a goy or something. I didn't read yeah. too. I have closely. actually changed my view by the way in in terms of not believing in bisexuality. I know I said before that I, I'll believe it when uh, I think I said I believe it. I'll believe it when. And, and I heard a friend of mine say this, and so I'm totally just re, 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 repeating what he said. It's not mine. I'll believe it when a uh, when a guy has an open relationship with another guy and sneaks out to have sex with women, then he'll believe mm. in bisexuality. And you think that's <laughs> you, you believe that that has happened? Well, and, and, the, and the and the and the the idea of that is that whenever you see a bisexual, it's always someone who has their their relationship for appearances that seems to be for appearances, uh-huh. which is with a woman, but then they're going off and having sex with men. I see. You know. And so the idea is that they're being they're bisexual because it's more socially acceptable, but but in fact I think that's a flawed theory. So, so then uh, th- does it does it need to be said here that uh, goys need not apply for the houseboy position? <laughs> if you've got these this many hang-ups, I don't think we're going to get along. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, the preferences are fine. I mean, if you have, you know, that the preferences are okay. If this is your preference, you're like, you're, "Oh, I'm into masculine guys. I'm into, you know, I'm not into anal sex and everything." That's fine. I mean, but but if but you you're have not the really the masculine kind of guy, so I mean, you, what's that? You're not really the masculine type, so it's very not really not as, likely not to be interested. Masculine, I don't yeah. think, you know, not especially no. So so how's that been going, by the way? I mean, you said you've got some applicants. I got some app. I got some auditions in the uh, coming up. I've got, <laughs> auditions. I call it that. We're just I, I'm meeting some people. I'm going to have lunch with some people and stuff. So. All right, cool, cool. So <laughs> are you still accepting applications? Should interested oh, yeah. parties uh, email yep. you at Dale resume at, and shirtless picks. Dale at uh, freetalklive.com. Send resume and shirtless picks to Dale at freetalklive.com. All right, so. cool. I think we're about out. Out of uh, we don't have any calls. Uh, anything else you want to cover tonight on the extended nope. show? Nope. Hey, thanks for uh, for listening here as we continued. Oh, by the way, I want to mention that the Free Talk Live Extended Edition Internet Only is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. You can get behind this show with as little as three bucks a month. Help us get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. We uh, have just cracked 63 stations. At the end of this weekend, we should be up to 66 if all goes well. This is going to be a big weekend for us here. Uh, I don't think we've ever added this many radio stations all in one fell swoop, all at once. All Saturday night, we're supposed to have a station in Washington come on board, a progressive talker in Washington, a station in New Mexico is going to be coming on board, and also, uh, let's see, where's the other one? Montana. So we've got uh, three brand new stations, and presuming everything goes smoothly, they'll be on with us starting, starting to Saturday. seem like the tipping point or something. Right. Well, it's important too because you know as we get bigger, uh, we are there is a chance that we're going to have some stations drop off. Uh, there's one station that's going to flip formats on us. Uh, they're flipping to, to a music format, so it wasn't anything. They just you know changed their format, and so we're going to have to we're going to leave there in a couple weeks and. And then uh, there's another station that uh, is dropping us, not because of many. They claim that we didn't do anything wrong, that they, you know, they wanted to bring in Kim Commando, you know, somebody with a bigger name than Free Talk Live, uh, onto their uh, to their weekend. So as you get more stations, it becomes more likely that some of them are going to change format and drop off. So we're actually still adding more stations than we would lose stations, and we don't lose them very often. In fact, it's been a while since we've lost one of them. Um, so even if we end up losing a couple stations, we'll still be getting three. This I think next that's weekend. really impressive, considering that we do. I mean, 
I, I say we. It's it's your it's your show. You're part of it. I, I get the sense that uh, you know we do address some pretty controversial subjects. Absolutely. And, and you know, and occasionally adult subjects. You know, like you know, like just now and and, and other and the and the hazing thing. But uh, yeah, and, and so it's it's surprising that that, that there isn't more. You know, I think it, and I think it's because it is handled very maturely and I think so. and intellectually. So we rarely even get hate mail. I mean, it's great, and I appreciate that. Although I do enjoy the hate mail when it comes in sometimes. Uh, <laughs> in the same way. So, so the AMP program is helping get us on more radio stations. Uh, last year, we went to the Talkers New Media Seminar in New York City, as we do every year, and this year. Uh, it won't be we. It will be just me going to Talkers because Mark has to stay in New Hampshire to go to the Liberty Forum to broadcast from uh, from there because it's happening the same weekend. So I'll be going down all by myself. But last year I met the um, uh, the the president of of Talk Programming, the vice president of all programming for a, a major radio company there, and we've been on a couple of their stations, one here in Keene, the other one over in Brattleboro. For for a couple of years now at this point, or a year and a half, or something like that, and so he'd heard good things about us, and I got to meet him in person. And when Air America imploded a couple of weeks ago, I started calling their former affiliates to see if I could pick up some of their uh, their you know get free talk live on their stations because they were looking for content because Air America just blew up. And there was one guy that I'd been trying to call for a while who'd never returned any you know he never called me back or anything like that. And I talked to him again uh, after Air America imploded, and he said, "Oh yeah, I was just talking about you this morning with so and so. The you know the VP of the the entire company was saying good things about you. So over time, as Free Talk Live is still out there uh, doing our thing and getting good results for our stations, people talk within this industry. And I basically had I, I had the the president of talk programming for this entire radio company." pimping free talk live for me i had a station the station that's coming on board uh in washington i've never even spoken with the program director this was a shock for me i called up tried to leave a message to talk to him about air america left a message with him he never called me back a few days later this is the same company i'm talking about with the the guy that's uh, the vp or the whatever the president of talk programming going around talking to the his program directors recommending free talk live all of a sudden an agreement comes in from this station i've never even talked to these people (laughs) so so just that one guy recommending that our show has scored us at least two new uh, i I tell you it feels like the tipping point yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> and it's all because of the Free Talk Live amplifiers making it possible. Because I wouldn't be able to afford to go out to talkers if the Free Talk Live amplifiers weren't paying for the you know the 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 ticket to the to the event in the hotel room. Uh, so that's it's going out and put you know pressing the f- flesh with these bigwigs. It makes an impression and it makes a difference. And I really appreciate everybody that uh, that gives as little as three bucks a month to this uh, to this radio program. You get perks. You get access to the AMP only uh, call in lines, the AMP only forum, and more. Go and get all the details and get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com. And do be patient with us. There are some changes that hopefully will be occurring within the next uh, several weeks. I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but hopefully we're going to put in a new AMP control panel that'll allow amplifiers to go in and actually change their credit card information on their own and 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 you know kind of administer their account they can set up their when you get listed on the amp page you've got your name and your location you'll be able to put that in all on your own you don't have to wait on me to physically go in and make those changes the system will be all uh, controllable by you 
So that'll be a nice change. It's something I've been waiting to happen, uh, have happened for years, and thankfully our tech team has finally been able to implement a solution that I think is actually going to work cool. out. So I'm excited about that. It'll free up a little bit of time for me, too, because I normally spend a couple hours every Saturday just kind of hand-processing all the, uh, the, the amplifiers. So some people cancel, some people join, and so you know it's, just, it's a time-consuming thing. And, of course, we'll still be here to, uh, to offer customer service, as is necessary, but it'll make it a lot more controllable by you. Uh, you know, instant upgrade to the BBS account rather than having to wait for me to show up and, and take care of that stuff. So go to amp.freetalklive.com and be, be sure you also visit Dale over on his website, brand new cartoon up today. Uh, the, it's uh, addressing the big mic situation. What uh, appears to be two very strikingly similar cops to uh, some of the cops on the Keene Police Department, but you probably find <laughs> cops that look like them everywhere. Uh, are are the uh, the stars? They are back. I don't. Do you have names for these guys yet? Or are they just kind of like anonymous? Uh, I I, cops? I, haven't, I haven't named them. The the two cops that have maybe if I before. find out then I, at least one of them is based on a cop that yeah. I've seen in the big person. one right the big and big, if big, I big find guy. out his name we'll see but it's uh, Peliquin he's uh, oh you know him. yeah he's alleged well, I don't know him well but he's alleged to uh, to sell drugs oh yeah wow in fact uh, the allegations are kind of around town from multiple sources and I would say people that I believe them when they say that. Mm. In fact, yeah, the allegations are he sells them right out of his cop car. Wow. And that he's been caught for well, it. Well, I mean, I know past. that it happens all over sure the country. It it's just it's just interesting that, you know, when you hear about when it, you yeah. hear about a specific officer and the allegations around he's obviously not being very discreet about it and that's interesting. All right, so we're out of here. Uh, to go to Dale's site, anarchyinyourhead.com, and, of course, uh, more free talk live to come up tomorrow night, same time, same place. And don't forget, uh, you can listen live any old time or listen online any old time at uh, listen.freetalklive.com. And get on the new website if you haven't yet. All kinds of new features there. allows you to submit show prep, have other people vote them up and vote them down. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening here to the extended edition. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org.